Cool, so welcome to another Coffee and Heroes podcast, uh, time now for the previous podcast. Uh, so we're going to be going through the previous books as normal as every month. Uh, we like to go through, find the best stuff, well, certainly what we think is the best stuff, you know, recommend it, uh, make it a bit easier for you guys. Um, the previous books, of course, as anyone knows, are always in the store if you want to have a flick through them. Um, but this is going to be a previous podcast looking at the August orders, which will be released in October of this year. Um, so, as always, your host, Alan, delighted as ever to be joined by... Ronnie! I thought it was Kieran was joining us this time. No, I had, just like... Uh, you, you had a plan to go, Kieran. Uh, I thought that would, that would be unoriginal, because he did it last time. But just like... Um, if he's Teddy Sheringham, I'm Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, substituting in. <laughs> that was a very dated football reference. Was, I was going to ask, was that a football reference? Okay, there we are. Uh, the uh, voice of the man who couldn't care less about sports is <laughs> Mr. It's Keith here. So, uh, yeah, how are you boys been keeping? All good? All good here, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we're, we're, we're going to do a little bit of plugging at the start yeah, here. You know, well, Mr. I was going to discuss... I am getting quite busy. Um, Best way to be. Yeah, definitely. So a lot, a lot is taken over. So we were having a wee chat yesterday. I was saying I was a bit frustrated the past couple of months with writing. I was like, hasn't really feel like there's been a lot of work in the background that hasn't really been shown. Coming to yet. fruition. Yes. Right. Um, so if. I guess most people probably don't know, but I've been writing a novel for the best part of six months now. It is almost ready. I'm about to hand in the first draft um, at the end of August. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, it is going to be published by Level Up Publishing. So they're a publisher of literary RPGs. If uh, oh. that's something for you to look up. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited for it. Um, I got uh, a draft of the cover. Um, and I had to write a blurb for it last night, which was pretty cool, pretty cool feeling, I have to say. I was really chuffed with that. Um, yeah, so that's going good. Soul of the Sea is almost done as well. Um, Donna has a couple of pages left to finish, and that should be it. It's being lettered as well at the same time. So yeah, that's going good. Um, there's a couple of other comic things in development, but like like we always say, you can't talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> the first rule about comics you is... You can't talk about it until it's <laughs> officially announced, you know. Um, but yeah, what about you boys? Well, I mean, for obviously with the store, we're nice and busy. We've just, as ever with me, I'm always sitting there six days a week looking at it going... I want to change something so I can never resist um, I just always like trying to make the store as you know accessible as possible as user friendly as possible and as attractive as possible so we spent a good eight nine ten hours today sorting out the floor uh, putting new displays up reorganizing it um, I'm really pleased with the results it actually looks more spacious but there's also more in it, it it's a weird sort yeah. of weird sort of setup in a way but uh, I'm really happy with how it looks and I'm um, a little bit more to do tomorrow, which will be the Friday of this week. But uh, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to getting back into it in the organisation. Now that the hard grunt work is out of the way, you had a you had a whole crew of folks in whenever I stopped I by did. for lunch today. I mean, it was it's it's really great. I mean, one of the great things about the store, you know, we always preach is community. It's you know, coming down to the store, you know, sometimes you don't even know who's going to be there. You'll just bump into someone, you know, a friendly face, strike up a conversation, and that community aspect is something we we're really proud of and. When we said we needed a few hands for you know doing some of this heavy lifting today, you know the hands went straight up. So 
Um, yeah, it was great. And as I say, we've, we do have one other thing in the pipeline, which will be uh, announced probably in the next couple of weeks. Exciting. Very excited mm. about this. Um, I have told one or two regulars, so they have got a little preview. But um, it's pretty much set in stone, but I just don't want to be hyping it for weeks and weeks and months and months. So it's something that is definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on our social so what you're channels. doing what you're now doing is hyping the hyping of it exactly yeah. hyping the mystery of it just um, like my new comics and books exactly <laughs> I can't talk about it yeah. Keith where you're not listening that's like that's you always say that on Twitter it's like oh I'm really excited about this project yeah but I'll tell you about it in but I can't talk months. about it uh, yeah, yeah. No, but hey that's, that's, that's life it's something it? we've lined up I'm really excited about it um and I'm really excited to share it as well. So, as I said, in the next couple of weeks, I'll definitely get to that. Um, so, that's everything with me. How about yourself? Well, for me, uh, sort of the, the summer uh, and the, I guess, the, the, the three months, then the run-up to the summer, uh, our sort of Stendhal season, Stendhal, Stendhal Festival, uh, which takes place in Limavari, up near, uh, up near Derry, uh, is... Uh, is now in its cause seventh year is it I can't remember but it's the it's grown to be the largest uh, independent outdoor music festival that Northern Ireland's ever had mm-hmm. uh, I think we're expecting about 10,000 people through the gate this year uh, we've got uh, Basement Jack's uh, DJ set headlining and we've got the Hot House Flowers and uh, some comedy and a whole lot of Northern Irish and, uh, and Irish uh, artists all original music so uh, so that is the 15th to 17th of August uh, I'm part of the dedicated artist liaison team at the festival yeah, nice. and uh, really looking forward to it I think we're going to have about 450 musicians on site over the Thursday Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday and, that's uh, one musician for every 20 people you're <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm sure that's fun to look after it's great it's a lovely lovely site um, and it's, a, it's, it's always the highlight of the summer a really family friendly festival as well yeah uh, all kinds of music, all genres, and uh, so I've been been trying to get as much time up as this up at the site as possible. Whenever I lived on the north coast, I was able to get there every weekend, you know, for yeah, standout yeah. Sundays. So, and so really, just when you're talking about community, it's a really, really lovely community of people and volunteers that that build the site and manage the festival and uh, and that. And it's I think it's grown beyond anything we ever thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, so I mean, what's what's great about Stendhal is, I mean, uh, we've even been approached ourselves to maybe get involved and do something cool from the comic side of things and we have a few ideas this year it just crept up on us a little bit too quickly and just with all these other things in mind and all the rest but I think next year definitely we're gonna we're gonna get involved with that um, we, we had this idea for like a dedicated bookmobile sort of yeah. uh, scenario loads of cheap comics down at a festival loads of family friendly comics that mm-hmm. kind of thing and all the rest but it, it's just it sounds like a really cool um, thing to get involved with so hopefully next year that's yeah. something we can we can do a bit more cool unfortunately uh, I would love to go but unfortunately I am in Dublin at that's uh, right. Worldcon which is the world's largest sci-fi convention so oh. if any oh. listeners are down in Dublin come and say hello it is I think it's the it's the I'm down the 16, Friday 17th. Saturday Sunday yeah. so 16th, 17th, 18th of yeah, August. So yeah, I'll yeah. be there the whole weekend. It's nice. Yep. Yeah. that yeah. is nice. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> and if you're to. not going to follow Roddy to Worldcon, then get your standout tickets at standoffestival.com. Yeah. And then if you can't do that, <laughs> go to coffee. <laughs> Yay! We came last. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, yeah, that's just a little catch up with us. Um, shall we talk some comics? Yeah, let's. Yeah. 
Previous book arrived. Um, previous books arrived a week later than initially expected. I think that was due to San Diego Comic Con. Lots of announcements. Uh, lots of things that maybe they didn't want to miss getting into the previous books. And I have to say that October looks like it's going to be a wallet draining month. Um, all of us have sat down to do our picks for. We always like to try and you know narrow it down to maybe five picks per person. We don't want to be recommending fifty titles that kind of thing, but. The first draft I had of mine, I think there was 19 titles on it. I had to whittle down. Keith it's must have been around to, 20. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. um, we have to put the five on the board yeah. uh, in the store. So it was very, very hard to do. And this is a momentous month. And why is it a momentous uh, month, Roddy? Yeah, um, why is it a momentous oof. month, Roddy, independent McCann? <laughs> Deep breath. Um, I'm more excited for DC and Marvel. To be honest, um, dun, dun, dun. not not to slight any of the yep. marvelous indie books, but I think what both big two are doing with the not just with the characters, but with the creators, uh, uh, the writers and artists and all, it looks so exciting. Uh. It looks really, really good. So I mean, there, there, there's that. even a little bit of an indie spirit going through. So we're going to start off yeah. with the DC previews yeah. book, and I mean, the first title front and center from the DC previews book is indie at its best, I think. Um, yeah, so Joe yeah. Hill um, famed son of Stephen King and boy does um, he look like his dad he really does um, but I mean a, a dedicated brilliant writer in his own right he's responsible for Lock and Key Nosferatu uh, Strange Weather among other things uh, but he is shepherding this new uh, imprint for DC Comics uh, it's actually going to be part of the DC Black Label sorry but it's called Hill House Comics and what this is going to be is a line of horror titles and there's going to be one released each month for the next five months it's not just him writing them but he is writing two of them and then the other ones are um, other horror writers coming in so the first title is going to be one called basket full of heads uh, you know a nice happy-go-lucky title right there uh, so it's gonna be a six issue miniseries I think this is what they're gonna do with all of them six issues at a time um, so for this one it's out on the 30th of October so pretty much perfectly in time for mm -hmm. Halloween it's almost uh, like they planned it that way it almost is you know but you know this is DC so it'll probably come out on the 19th of November <laughs> um, but uh, hopefully that will not happen says and the, the biggest DC it, fan we know <laughs> yeah but you know I'm an honest DC fan as well uh, yeah so as I said this is going to be the first one um, it's written by Joe Hill art by Leo Max is not someone I'm um, too familiar with uh, but the little blurb for this is the rain lashes the grassy dunes of Brody Island and seagulls scream above the bay a slender figure in a raincoat carries a large wicker basket which looks like it might be full of melons covered by a bloodstained scrap of the American flag this is the story of June Branch a young woman trapped with four cunning criminals who have snatched her boyfriend for deranged reasons of their own now she must fight for her life with the help of an impossible 8th century viking axe that can pass through a man's neck in a single swipe and leave the severed head still conscious and capable of supernatural speech. This just sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I will be definitely on that. Um, I'm not even going to read out more of it because I think the less you know the better. But Is that, uh, is that Brody Island? Do we uh, Jaws reference there? It just might be. Um, the Kings and the Hills love their, uh, love their pop culture references, so... Yeah, really looking forward to that. But what's also going to be in it, I should say, is there is going to be a backup story in every single issue as well. Uh -huh. So for this one, there's a backup story called Sea Dogs. Uh, and what's going to happen is Sea Dogs is going to be a backup story through all the titles. 
Uh, so it runs across the first issues of all or something like that as in a backup comic story essentially yeah so just says plus in the premier chapter of the backup story Sea Dogs which sails across the Hill House comics title is it is it is it a comic story or is it a a a prose I guess we'll wait and see Um, I mean it only has a backup well it says backup story art by credit they love their single names in this Um, so yeah I would imagine it'll be a comic thing Similar, I suppose, a similar idea to Conan and the way it worked. Yeah, it's yeah, a prose yeah, story, yeah. isn't it? Uh, what size is it? Uh, <laughs> it being this, black is some, this is something we always have to check now. I think that's just going to be normal size. There's no um, measurements or anything given, and the preview image for the cover is standard comic size. So Excellent. that will slot perfectly into everybody's long boxes. Um, there will be titles along here that won't, but we'll get to those. Um, Next up is a new Batman uh, miniseries. Uh, obviously, recently Batman Who Laughs has uh, finished. Batman Last Night on Earth will be finished by the time October rolls around. So, of course, there's a spot free for a Batman miniseries. Of course. Uh, this one, quite excited by the uh, creative team for this one, though. Warren Ellis on writing and Brian Hitch on art uh, with Kevin Nolan. Uh, this is called The Batman's Grave, and it's going to be a 12 issue miniseries. Again, you'll be relieved to hear standard comic size. Um, so the little blurb for this one is the world's greatest detective must try to inhabit the mind of a murder victim to solve a case without filling the empty grave next to those of his parents. Can Batman imagine the life of a corpse with a half-eaten face without dying himself? Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch, one of the most legendary creative partnerships of the modern age, reunite in this maxi-series about life, death, and the questions most are too afraid to ask. Uh, sorry, that kind of yeah. middle paragraph there was a bit weird. <laughs> it was a little bit. Um, the thing is with the October book, DC are very good at sort of shepherding titles the with a horror uh, tinge to yes. the season. Yes, I get you. You'll see a couple of more through the, the book with this, but they are very conscious. I mean, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that this one will launch in October, Yeah. Um, as there is a bit more of a horror tinge that's to it. 12, so it's going to be running all year. Yeah, so it's going to be a 12-issue uh, miniseries, monthly releases. Um, next you've got Birds of Prey uh, Birds of Prey is not something I would normally be into and I must admit I flicked past this when I first looked in the previews book but then I noticed it's actually written by Bran Azarello which kind of has my attention a little bit more um, he of Keith's favourite series Batman Damned God damn it. but uh, <laughs> no more more for the point is Bran Azarello wrote 100 Bullets one of my favourite uh, yes. vertigo yeah, titles yeah. of all time but this one looks very much like a lead into the Birds of Prey movie next year because they have brought Harley Quinn into the Birds of Prey. Um, Harley can be a good character when she's written well. I think she's written well in Deceased. Uh-huh. I think she was written well in Heroes in Crisis. Uh-huh. But outside of that, a little Harley goes a long way for me. She's a, Yeah, she's a wee bit... She is, to, for me, to DC what Deadpool is to Marvel. Yeah. Um, but yeah I mean Birds Prey number one this is uh, going to be an ongoing uh, as I say written by Bran Azzarello and art by Emanuela Lupicino and Ray McCarthy and the Birds of Prey are the Huntress and Huntress Black Canary and in this case it will be Harley Quinn okay um, usually Detective Mont- Ren- Renee Montoya usually makes her way into Birds of Prey the as well the question indeed uh, speaking of the question um, they have announced the Black Label series but it's not in this book so uh, oh, cool. <laughs> be further in the year uh, the next title is one that a lot of people have already signed up for um, and that's because it's re- co-written by John Carpenter this is going to be a one shot uh, The Joker Year of the Villain written by John Carpenter and his writing partner Anthony Birch they work together on 
the Big Trouble Little China sequel, Old Man Jack. And it's going to be a 40 page one shot. Year of the Villain is still something I don't fully understand what it is. Um, it seems to be a series of one shots. And it seems to be going down uh, to be a Justice League title for me. I, th- I get uh, Year of the Villain is, is, is an overarching... It's an umbrella. Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, so this, the whole Dark Gifts thing, the whole... That where Lex the offer has, Dark Gifts, yeah. yeah. Lex has, has now given all his resources and such and such uh, to all the villains and people across the world and told them effectively uh, the world, the universe is coming to an end mm-hmm. because of the collapse of the source wall or whatever it is. And uh, the coming don't, of don't say or whatever it is. You know your your knowledge is <laughs> I'm correct. A, I'm a close enough. Your call. Your knowledge is correct. Is it the collapse of the source wall or the crushing? I don't know. The source wall is the other thing. The break uh, in the source wall. The so break in the source wall. And uh, so that's going to impact, I guess, the DC universe for the next few months. And yeah. then I think they're moving on to the next. But the the crux of it is, is that he's told everyone to give in to their greed and give in to their mm-hmm. their natural villainy. You know, and he's given certain villains. Uh, certain gifts that will empower them or other ways. So yeah, I think I think the the, the heroes of the DC universe are in for a hard time this year. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's just interesting they didn't hang it on like a four issue mini series. You know the way like things like Absolute Carnage has a main series, but then all these tie in books. They're sort of tying the whole universe together, but it's just interesting. It's I think like you can equate it more closely to the likes of Rebirth than mm-hmm. you can to a series yeah, uh, I think mm. it's more like it's more like an, a banner almost just uh, yeah an event an, an event uh, that is just that arcs over all the titles oh, you okay. know and affects all the titles so which well, is something we're probably not that used to recently where yeah. you always kind of are getting the mini yeah, or maybe the big event yeah. maybe that's why there's yeah. a little bit just a little yeah. bit of confusion yeah. in it but and, I mean there are one shots and there are continu- continuing stories you don't have to read all of them all of them to understand you just have to understand that this is a thing that's happening and, and see how it impacts <laughs> your characters yeah exactly because yeah. I have no idea what's going on but god damn it I want that book <laughs> uh, is it Philip Tan and Mark Deering yeah uh, they do a cover yeah the art and cover art. Yeah. the cover is just fantastic yeah I mean it's uh, as I say the pre-orders have already been very very strong for this um, so that's going to be a one shot and there's also going to be another one shot which is Black Adam you're the villain I'm kind of excited about it actually. Yeah, um, written by Paul Jenkins. Paul Jenkins, well known for Hellblazer, uh, creator of the Sentry for Marvel, uh, a variety of other bits and pieces, spectacular Spider-Man. So, um, and I think that Black Adam, you're the villain. I think that's coming off the bag of Batman, Batman Superman. Superman. Yeah, where the Batman who laughs has infected five heroes, six yeah. heroes, uh, with his toxin, and so uh, I mean, clearly one of those. Heroes must be Shazam. Yeah. Well, that's it. It even says spinning out of the events of Batman Superman, Shazam invades Black Adam's kingdom. His plan to turn it into a playground for its new ruler, Billy Batson. Um. So yeah, the year of the villain one shots are really interesting so far. We've talked before about some of the other ones. Tom Taylor is writing a Black Mask one. Um. There's a Riddler one looks really good as well. Uh, on the on the page also you've got another one of those facsimile editions um, I think it's worth chatting about the facsimile just very quickly um, Dan DiDio made some headlines recently so he's one of the sort of he's one of the guys who shepherds DC um, someone, the guy who doesn't like Nightwing he's the guy that doesn't like Nightwing I understand his reasoning for not liking Nightwing in a way but Nightwing's too cool a character not to like but the facsimile edition he came out and said he hates them and he says he hates them because it, it essentially shows that creators these days are not doing their jobs properly because people are yearning for the stories of the past because these sell really well and it's almost like saying we don't like the new stuff you're doing 
we just like the old stuff you know um but he did say he did try to turn that into a positive by saying that forces us to be better and it forces us to tell better stories uh, i don't understand why he feels it needs to be mutually exclusive yeah, yeah. i i wholeheartedly agree i mean i'm happy to have a pile of comics yeah. and one or two of them are reprints of old stuff and you yeah know, you'd be like oh jesus there's, there's a batman book that i never read that, yeah. That, yeah and they're obviously reprinting as a facsimile because it was an important book so and there's so much history yeah like you can't go through what 800 issues of batman or whatever yeah. it is you uh-huh. know well, yeah, I mean, Batman 251, it's very famous because this is basically where Neil Adams reinvented the Joker. The Joker to this yeah. point in the comics was very much just a playful character who, you know, he was akin to the Batman 66 Joker. This is where he became a murder psychopath. Um, no. I know. <laughs> it all began here. Yeah, but, I don't know. Say, say you're like me as well, like you want, like I have a, I have a wall of comics covers. Mm-hmm. So say you wanted that for your wall, might might not even be to read, might just yeah. be to I really like that image. It's, it's like a iconic thing, so maybe I wanted on the wall. You and know, Roddy's wall of comic covers. Yeah. Coming soon, a new part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we go through Roddy's wall and look at the comics. The source wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, then we get into a couple more uh, black label titles. Um, Joker seems to be everywhere this month. Uh, obviously we talked about the year of the villain one there's also this nine part uh, miniseries called Joker Harley Criminal Sanity um, which is written by a New York Times and international best selling author Cami Garcia um, who was the co-author of Beautiful Creatures um, the main reason this has my interest is because Mike Mayhew's doing the art along with Miko Soyan who's someone I'm not overly familiar with but I'm a big fan of Mike Mayhew, and he's, he's, I've always seen him as more of a Marvel artist. He's very famous for a lot of amazing Spider-Man stuff, uh, specifically one of his covers, which was the Green Goblin ripping Spider-Man's outfit in half, I believe. Um, oh, right, okay. So, yeah, so this one, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity, it is a case of, in Gotham City, where heinous acts of violence are a daily occurrence, the GCPD relies on Harley Quinn, a young forensic psychiatrist and profiler, to consult on their toughest cases. But Harley is haunted by one unsolved case the night she discovered her roommate's body marked with the signature of a notorious serial killer known as the Joker. Five years later, the case remains unsolved and a new series of horrific murders occur throughout the city. As the murders escalate, Harley's obsession with finding the depraved psychopath responsible leads her down a dangerous path. When the past and present finally collide, Harley has to decide how far she is willing to go and how many lines she is willing to cross to solve this case once and for all. I kind of like the idea. It sounds like a decent um, sort of almost sounds like a true crime serial killer esque story. Yeah. Um, sort of a reinvention of Harley Quinn instead of just being a defenseless, you know, psychiatrist who just fell for the Joker's charms. Yeah, it the sounds whole, really interesting. The whole so, thing yeah. with the roommate's body and so that actually sounds pretty interesting. Um, as I say, going to be nine issues, um, but not. Prestige format. I well, think Keith is not going to like that. He won't <laughs> want that. That's a that's a big bad boy. That's a Superman Year One Batman damn size. Uh, but if you were going to break your rule for one series, this is the series. Yeah. So I was saying the Joker's everywhere. This is a series. This is going to be brilliant. I think this is personally going to be one of the titles of the year, just because of the creative team. Um, Which is a very famous independent creative team well I I suppose they're a duo who have worked through Marvel DC they've done a Hawkeye run together they've done they seem to like their archers they did Green Arrow runs together (laughs) Um, but more recently these guys so it's Jeff Lemire writing and Andres Sorrentino on art they do a great little uh, sort of rural horror title called Gideon Falls 
So with this one, as I say, it's going to be one of three. It's called the Joker Killer Smile. And the little blurb for this is just creepy as hell. And this is an interpretation of the Joker I'm looking forward to. Everyone knows the Joker doesn't have the most promising history with psychotherapists. In fact, no one's even been able to diagnose him. But that doesn't matter to the confident world-beating Dr. Ben Arnell. He's going to be the one to unravel this unknowable mind. There's no way the Joker could ever get through the therapeutic walls Ben has built around himself, right? There's no way the Joker's been entering his house at night, right? There's no way the Joker has stood over his son's bed and put that book in his hands, the one with the... The, the eyes are normally a creative team of Jeff Lemire and Andres Sorrentino reunite for a psychological horror story where nothing is, a, is as it seems. Your eyes can't be trusted and Mr. Smiles is waiting behind the basement door. Wait, who's Mr. Smiles? <laughs> I think it's just a brilliant blurb. Three issues. Sign me up for that. Um, all day long even yeah, in its larger too. format <laughs> um, the next one I'm going to let you take point in this one Keith this looks very Conan the Barbarian-esque to me um, called The Last God oh, he, wasn't, he wasn't ready for that this, it took, me, it took me a bit surprised there, Alan. <laughs> this has come out of nowhere just like my handing of the book yeah, yeah, Keith yeah. This, I have not seen this announced anywhere doesn't when I, look like a DC title it really doesn't so um, uh, which, but we should say sorry to interrupt you Keith go ahead it looks, please it looks like something that do you know what maybe they should be doing maybe yeah fantasy you were saying about um, who was it that said about the uh, facsimile editions Uh, Dan DiDio so maybe do you know what why not do something completely original well I mean there's Marvel's got back into fantasy with Conan you know Swords and uh, Sorcery Swords and Sorcery and uh, so and it's been selling well and critically yeah. been getting a great reception yeah there's there's a couple of independent Berserkers about books, to start Berserker yeah. Unbound <laughs> and uh, there's there was something else in there that I uh, I picked up the first issue of Reaver there, there's loads yeah. there's uh-huh. loads so of there's stuff plenty there's of it. so this is uh, The Last God book one The Felspire Chronicles by Philip Kennedy Johnson uh, best known for Last Sons of America Warlords of Appalachia and Aquaman and drawn by Rick uh, Caro Fed- Federici. Federici, yes, there we go. Primarily uh, a cover artist. Metal yeah. and Aquaman as well. So these guys have worked together before, I guess. So The Last God tells the story of two fellowships of heroes struggling with the same threat 30 years apart. One group will doom their world, the other must save it. 30 years ago, a band of heroes travelled beyond the borders of uh, creation and killed the last living god, saving the realm of Canaan from an apocalyptic army of the undead. The legendary companions became rulers of their world and ushered in a new era of peace and prosperity, but it did not last. Now the foul legions of the last god march once more, laying waste to all of Canaan and uh, revealing that the aging fellowship may not be the great heroes they claim to be. With the world burning down around them, a new group of unlikely champions must band together and accomplish what no other has done, kill the last god once and for all. Interesting. Definitely a wee Dungeons and Dragons vibe going on there. Um, the cover art looks fantastic. Yeah, it was just something, as I say, I, I hadn't heard any news about it. I mean, we, we do keep pretty much on top of a lot of the comic announcements and I was planning to turn the page and see the question as I say which had been announced which is another <laughs> yeah. Jeff Lemire one but this one took me by surprise and again it just looks a wee bit out of place in the DC book but again maybe as you yeah, say they're trying maybe. to play a little bit of catch up with Marvel with the Conan stuff and, maybe. and all the rest so, so they, they have created a high fantasy world from the ground up and infused it with all in horror uh, deep world building uh, the worlds of fantasy and horror and comics together interesting yeah okay yeah, I mean if the interior art matches that cover it might be something to 
Something to look out for. It's interesting. It notes thirty-two pages, twenty-eight story pages. I get the feeling there's going to be. You oh, can see in the preview. Yeah, it looks like the previous page has a map, so yeah. maybe you're going to get world-building yeah. elements to it cool. as well. So, um, yeah, just thought I'd throw that Keith's way because he's a sword and sorcery kind of guy. <laughs> I, I, I had to wake him up there. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to me gush over how yeah. good the DC book is. <laughs> Um, yeah, so turning the page, you've got Legion of Superheroes Millennium. That's going to be issue two of Brian Michael Bendis's um, two shot. Uh, another forty eight pages there. Issue one of that is due in September. And that uh, is that a two part? Yeah, yeah, just two of two. And that's following a, a a character, a current character who we know or, or partly know of, who is immortal and is traveling through. I have a feeling it's going to be the character Naomi. Naomi, yeah, yeah, because sure Bendis, Bendis is a character Calgary, that yeah. yes, he created her so. Um, yeah, so that'll be issue two of that. I'll, I'm looking forward to issue one of that and getting to sort of see what Bendis is doing with the uh, Legion of Superheroes. Uh, you then got Metal Man number one. Uh, Metal Man is something I haven't read since Jeff Johns did a short run in the New Fifty Two, which was good. But there's that man again, Dan DeDio, is actually yes. writing this. Yeah. Uh, Going to be a twelve issue mini series again. Uh, so the Metal Men are back and back and back and back again. As we take a deep look into Doc Magnus's lab as he experiments with what it means to be sentient. Meanwhile, a mysterious liquid Inth Metal has appeared in the sand side of Challenger's Mountain that appears to have come through from the Dark Multiverse. That Dark Multiverse has a lot to... Gets you know, everywhere, doesn't it? It really does. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce this. <laughs> so, next, I think it's Ruby, but with a W. Um... So again, this is another title that doesn't look like your traditional DC one. Um, it actually has a little bit of a manga-esque look to it, I think. Uh, it looks like it's going to be an all-ages title um, called Ruby, but Ruby is spelt with a W, so R-W-B-Y. Written by Marguerite Bennett, who's mostly known for the bombshell stuff with uh, DC. Also wrote a great indie series called Animosity. don't know if you've ever read it, but nope. it is nope. wonderful. Um, so this one, in a, world, in a world rife with monsters known as Grimm, the prestigious Beacon Academy trains the next generation of hunters and huntresses. Tying in with the hit Rooster Teeth web series Ruby, follow the adventures of Team Ruby, comprising bruiser Yang Xiaolong, elegant Wai Shni, stealthy Blake Belladonna, and courageous leader Ruby Rose as they protect the world from all manner of Grimm. Uh, looks to be a seven-issue mini, um, again an all-ages one there. But then we get on to some really good stuff. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, Sandman Universe. Not really something I've read in a lot of. I uh, picked up the one-shot, the Sandman Universe, Universe. one-shot, which yeah. uh, launched everything. It launched um, The Dreaming. It launched Books of Magic. It launched... Um, House of Whispers and Lucifer. That's the ones. Uh, that was all shepherded by Cy Spurrier. Yeah. Um, Neil Gaiman, I think, was there probably in name only. Probably as the original creator of the, as I guess, the Sandman Universe, Universe, which is something that I, the original Sandman Universe, is something I haven't delved into at mm -hmm. all. Um, but uh, I am a big fan of John Constantine Hellblazer. And Sandman Universe presents Hellblazer number one, uh, coming again in October, uh, again the day before Halloween. It is a one shot. This is indeed going to be a one shot. But um, I think leading into an ongoing. It is indeed. I mean, it's. Uh, it, it says it's the second year of the Sandman universe and it begins with the long-awaited arrival of John Constantine. Uh, I'll not read out the big massive blurb, I mean a lot of people know Constantine at this point, but uh, it just says that this oversized one-shot sets the stage and is the perfect jumping on point for a new year of Sandman universe tales beginning in November and is the official start of the strangest chapter yet in John Constantine's long life. Um, 
again the pre-orders on this are already strong the books have only just been in a, have only just been released but pre-orders are strong on that it's hard to keep a hard smoking hard drinking magic slinging private investigator down <laughs> it is <laughs> I actually watched the uh, the Kenny Reeves Constantine movie last week and it's a better movie than I remember it's not a great Constantine movie but it's a good movie right um, uh, I'll tell you what it is great it was the the Constantine TV series yeah that, he, that, yeah, that guy is Constantine uh, Matt Ryan Matt, Matt Ryan for fantastic yeah, he's managed to creep into uh, Legends of Tomorrow as Constantine as well. That's right, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just we, we talked about a little bit about um, it being Halloween, and DC are always very good with doing these sort of 80-page giants. Last year they did. Curse Comics Cavalcade. Oh, perfect pronunciation. That's you, Kieran. He's, yeah. been, he's been waiting a year to say that properly. <laughs> Is that Kieran's Curse Comics Cavalcade? Yes. yes. Ooh, forces. Forces. <laughs> well, this one, it's not quite. There's still a little bit of alliteration this year, but it's not quite as uh, a, a tough to pronounce. So, Secrets of Sinister House, number one. Uh, so, again, another one shot, 80 pages. Um, it says prestige format, but there's no measurements, so that's going to be just square bound, similar, I think, to last night. Um, but great amount of creators on this Paul Dini, Raphael Albuquerque, Brian Hill. Um, George Fornes, John Romita Jr., Bill Sinkovitz, some great um, creators there. So, witness what hides within the sinister house the DCU's most horrific secrets and mysteries. Travel alongside John Constantine, Detective Chimp, Keith's favourite, uh, <laughs> Satana, The Adam, and others as they face this macabre devastation firsthand. And in the bowels of this dark mansion, we return to the world of the legendary Red Rain to once again meet the dreaded vampire Batman. Don't miss this year's DC Halloween special because if you do, it'll haunt you. Um, yeah, I, I love those sort of anthology tales. I know Roddy loves yeah. an anthology. Oh. <laughs> love a good anthology. Especially a horror one as well. Yeah. So it looks fantastic. Yeah, cracking cover there with the Joker actually looking like the scared victim from the, the Batman behind oh. him. Which is pretty cool. Uh, next one is an interesting one. Uh, Superman smashes the clan. Great. Uh, based on a radio show wasn't it it is indeed 60s, 50s or 60s radio show yeah inspired by the 1940s Superman radio serial clan of the fiery cross Um, (laughs) I wonder who they could possibly be referring to (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gene Lun Yang presents his personal retelling of the adventures of the Lee family as they team up with Superman to smash the clan Um, that's going to be bi-monthly it's going to be three issues again um, and that is going to be normal size by the look of it, six by nine. So that will be grand. Cool. Clan better watch, right? Uh, another one that I'm really, really looking forward to with October. This is going to be another start of a new line called Tales from the Dark Multiverse. What this essentially is is Elseworlds in the Dark Multiverse. Um, it's going to be taking classic stories and putting like a Dark Multiverse. What almost a what if? What what, what on How did the story go in the Dark Multiverse? Exactly. Which is a darker reflection of the DC universe. It yeah. It kind of reminds me a little of uh, after the Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. They did Tales from the Age of Apocalypse, which okay. was something very very similar. Which is you know how did how did certain characters work out or how did certain events work out in, yeah. in the world of Age of Apocalypse. Um, so, but yes, the two two events they've chosen are two favourites of mine. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to you've seeing got, how they go. Yeah, you've got Batman Nightfall, and you've got the death of Superman. Um, again, these are going to be one shots. This is what excites me. I, now, DC obviously rely very heavily on Batman and Superman. But what I would love to see with this kind of thing is so they start with Batman, then it's Superman, then the next one is maybe a Wonder Woman one, then the next one's maybe Green Lantern, then the next one's maybe Flash. They've got a massive repertoire of heroes there that they can tell interesting twists on stories. 
So I really hope they don't just do Batman stories and Superman stories. No, this is. I think this is probably a well look continue to dip into for a wee while. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, Snyder and any of those? Snyder and Kyle Higgins <laughs> is on Batman Nightfall. Um, look, when we reach Absolute Court of Owls I Book just Club, asked. I just asked. When we reach Absolute Court of Owls Book Club, you will be a Snyder fan. And also when you read Last Night on Earth 2 because it was excuse my swearing fucking incredible um, <laughs> but that's for the reviews podcast uh, yeah so yeah the Tales from the Dark Multiverse as I said it's going to be two one shots to kick things off Batman Nightfall and Death of Superman both uh, prestige format so that'll be square bound and both 48 pages so I mean my, my favourite part of, of Metal was the the origins of the, the various yeah. uh, Dark Knights so I'm hoping for something very similar here. something similar I think that's yeah. exactly what it'll be um, but yeah really looking forward to those um, the next page is interesting because it's the last sort of new release just before we, you know, we'll quickly go through all the, the ongoings. But you may have heard us talk before about Walmart were doing these 100 page specials and they were exclusive to Walmart. And what it basically was, was you'd have about 16 pages of new story, uh, which would continue with each 100 page special and then reprints of a lot of old material. So they're getting ready to actually release them in comic shops. Uh-huh. so as I say they're going to be 100 pages each time so these will be good value comics they're going to come in at the $4.99 price point which for 100 pages is great stuff um, and it has a great um, mixture of titles it has the Flash Giant it has Batman it has DC Villains it has Aquaman it has Swamp Thing uh, Superhero Girls so it really does cater for a little bit of everyone So and Scooby-Doo Scooby-Doo as well yes I should have said Teen Titans Go so these are going to be the kind of ones as well that will appeal to younger readers. And again, because they're 100 pagers, they're lower prices, you're maybe not worried so much about them getting damaged or destroyed yeah. because they're not like $10, $12 mm. graphic novels. Are they in newsprint? Or uh, it, I think or? it's just going to be normal, but it's because it's a lot of reprint materials, I think they will be square bound again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to those coming in because they'll be great ones for new readers, I would say. Um, yes, yeah, so that's pretty much it on the the new stuff for DC. Just you know, quickly continuing on. It's it's all the usual stuff: action comics, Aquaman, uh, Batman eighty. So we're we're starting With to wind down. John Romita Jr. covers for eighteen eighty one. Art and cover. Oh really? So yeah, um, it is John Romita Jr. Art and cover for both. Fantastic. As City of Bane continues. Um, obviously, we're winding down to the Batman eighty five, which will be the culmination of Tom King's story. Before he moves on to Batman, Catwoman with Well, Clayman. I'd say it'll be the culmination of his time in Batman, but I don't know if it's the culmination of his story. I could, I could see it continuing quite handily right into... Yeah, I mean, the Batman, Catwoman series will certainly continue, but yeah, that's probably a better way of putting it in the main Bat, Bat, Batman title. Um, but one thing I would point out here is Batman Annual number 4, uh, which is written by Tom King, but... The reason I pointed out is because art by Lee Weeks. Um, that's his, that's the team that did Batman Elmer Fudd. Yep. Okay. Which I was a big fan of. Uh, Curse of the White Knight continues. Thought the first issue was pretty stellar. Um, it'll be number four by the time October runs around. You've got Batman the Outsiders Annual, Batman Beyond continuing. One of the great unsung heroes of the DC uh, the DC uh, releases. I, I think. will certainly grab that off you at some point because every yeah. time you talk about it it gets me interested still still excited to see uh, a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne but he wasn't a good Bruce Wayne or <laughs> Batman so why would he be in that <laughs> bring back Beale anyway um, we do have quite the unique book uh, finally solicited 
Batman Creature of the Night number four. Um, this is written by Kurt Busiek of Marvel's fame and arts by Jean Paul Leon. Batman Creature of the Night was a four issue miniseries that started, I kid you not, two months after we first opened the store. Well, we're now nearly two and a half years down the line and only three issues have been released. It has been over a year since issue three of this came out. Pointless. It's just outrageous to be honest, but I'll still pick it up. Um, Was there any reason or just. I just, I don't know. They never just solicited it. Um, I don't know whether it wasn't ready or what, but. Joshua Williamson's Superman, Batman and Superman. Batman Superman. um, Joshua Williamson, very, very. Very safe pair of hands. Great storyteller. Um, Look forward to that. You've got Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 will finish with number 6. You've got a really awful looking image from Neil Adams because I'm not a fan of his these days uh, Batman vs. Ra's al Ghul continuing um, then yeah it's just continuous to most of the normal stuff Deceased looking great um, some great varying covers there especially that Matina Harley yeah, pretty damn great this week it's just a lovely sort of pick up enjoy put down sort of a book <laughs> it's, uh, it's really enjoyable it's, it's like it's like Marvel Zombies was it's just you know you, uh, you don't take it too seriously yeah mm. it's a uh, mm. It's like if you've got a big pile of books and you want to get down your books quickly, you always grab it because you're done with it in like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun for That is really yeah. good fun, yeah. But interestingly, in October, they've got the Ceased 5 and the Ceased 6 out in the same month. It's a five week month, and uh, the first issue is the first weekend of the month, and the last issue is the day before Halloween. And is 6 the final issue? 6 is the final issue. Okay. And it's going to be an oversized final issue there as well, it was saying. Oh, what? So they're not going to add in the wee extra one? There like, is one extra one called A Good Day to Die. Ah, someone didn't okay. listen to the last previous previous podcast even though they were part of it <laughs> <laughs> um, Detective Comics digging what they're doing with Detective at the moment it's a lot of sort of shorter stories uh, looks like there's going to be a, at least a two-parter there focusing on uh, Victor Fries or Dr. Freeze um, Ben Leviathan been enjoying that so far it'll be as far as issue 5 um we do have the Flash here. I am wondering how long Joshua Williamson's going to be on the Flash. This seems to be the start of a new arc with issue 80 called The Hunter and the Hunted. Uh-huh. So they're talking about the Speed Forces fading and dying. So I wonder if his run is coming to an end soon. I hope not, but we'll see. Flash Forward. So it's that's the Wally West book. the Wally West book. So the first issue of that launches in September. So issue 2 will be out in October. Um few other titles continuing Harleen looks a rather good title as well but again prestige format so I know you're not a fan <laughs> um, but we've got some interesting news here um, so Green Lantern number 12 will be out now when this was first solicited and announced it's going to be a 12 issue miniseries so you read the blurb for it it says the Green Lanterns will fall insidious plans meticulously set in motion since issue 1 have reached their boiling point as defeat looms for the core, Hal Jordan's showdown with his monstrous antimatter counterpart sets the stage for the final pages of this issue, and the moment that will echo throughout the entire DC universe. How bad is it for Hal and the core? There's no Green Lantern 13 next month, but writer Graham Morrison is crafting the next chapter of this story, and it's coming soon. Only there's no Green Lantern in the title. After the events of this issue, how could there be? So, obviously, Grant Morrison is enjoying his time in the Green Lantern sandbox, and will be continuing... Uh, with a title of some kind so look forward to that being announced um, yeah again just continuing series Justice League um, you've got two issues written by James Tinney in there so Keith will enjoy those 
You've got Justice League Dark, which for me is still one of the best titles that these here are doing. Um, Justice League Odyssey, a little underrated title there as well. Lois Lane, number four, will be out in October. Red number one this last week, and it is fantastic. Awesome. Great Greg Rocket should have known better, like, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Lois Lane, it's um, an investigative journalism title, essentially, but set within this fantastical DC world. Uh, looks like The Question's going to make an appearance in this one, uh, Renee Montoya. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the first issue of that as well. We'll probably be chatting about that next month's review show, I would say. Um, now, Nightwing is... What's the state of play in Nightwing? We're Rick's, still at, Rick's still about? We're still at Rick Grayson, but... There is an annual this month that looks to take place in the immediate aftermath of the Dick shooting. being shot, which was in Batman 55. Uh, so that could be interesting there. Uh, look forward to that. Current issues seem to be exploring it, exploring the, the injury and, and, and this. So I don't know. Here's hoping. Uh, Superman continues. Ben is doing some great work there. There's the Super Sons back <clears throat> together um, for the first time since John edged up. Yeah. He's now considerably older than Damien. Yeah, Damien will still top down to him, though. <laughs> uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. I read the first issue of that last week. Thought it was great. Uh, I'm just going to leave my hand here. We're not going to look at that Frank Miller variant cover for Superman Year One, Issue 3, because it's pretty bad. Terrible. That's woeful. A woeful, a woeful impression of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman and Frank Miller's... With the weirdest chins you will ever yeah. see. Um, but... I love the first issue, uh, but that's okay because he's not drawing the interiors. The rather talented John Romita Jr. is, so that keeps that title ticking along nicely for me. Uh, Wildcats 3 is solicited here, but we were actually chatting just before we came on air that uh, that looks to be delayed. Yeah. One reason or another. Um, so we'll just keep an eye out for that. <clears throat> that's, looking forward to that. That's pretty much it for the DC singles. Um, a little bit of Young Animal stuff. Wonder Comics stuff, but I do want to just point out two different trades that are solicited here because one of them is one of the best stories I've read in the last 10 years, which is you may have heard me talk about it in the previous podcast, Man and Superman which oh, was a 100 yeah. page special mm -hmm. um, it was absolutely wonderful so it was, they're releasing a hardcover um, hardcover deluxe edition of it which is going to have extra story pages ah, cool. but behind the scenes stuff as well I can't recommend that enough. Um, it was a Marv Wolfman written story that was originally supposed to be printed in the 90s, but they just couldn't find a place for it, and it ended up getting released this year. Honestly, like I'm not a Superman guy, but that is just... It's up there with the best Batman titles, so I can't speak any higher than that. And the other one I wanted to just bring attention to was, even if you're not reading all of Flash, pick up Flash Year One. Uh, Hardcover out, yeah. It's this is fantastic. going to be a Flash story for the ages. Um Joshua Williamson again, Howard Porter on art, and it's all about Barry's first year. We've we've talked about it a little bit here and there on the podcast before, and really, really recommend it. And yeah, I think that is all from me on DC. There she blows. Awesome. Uh, over to myself. Over to yourself. Yeah, so I guess we you know, shall... Do your best to sound excited, you know. Yeah, I know you've already indeed, said so the DC man. Marvel stuff better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'll try, I'll try and get through it. There know? is good stuff this month. Yeah. I mean, we, we should say, I mean, the indie stuff is still good, but it's just most months it's usually the best, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Image this month. They have a couple of titles I'm looking forward to. 
uh, but still no um, showing of Saga, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Image is bound to be taking a bit of a hit with Walking Dead and with Saga not being, you know, published and. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other really long Invincible recently yeah. had as well. Um, Spawn well, is probably their longest running because it's about to be the longest running indie comic once it hits 301. Now you've got Die being getting like about die 10, number. 10 different printings. Yeah, yeah, yeah Die yeah, number so. 8 is in there. Die number 6 is next yeah, week. Yeah, um, I guess as you were saying, we'll dive into a bit of Halloween <clears> stuff <throat> as October welcomes us to Halloween Comic Fest. Um, much. Sorry. Otherwise known as Free Comic Book Day 2. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so Halloween Comic Fest, very similar to Free Comic Book Day. There's loads of dedicated titles with the Halloween Comic Fest logo on top. The encouragement being to hand out free comics for your customers and to attract people into the store. And I must say, there's some great titles in it. We, we've already put our pre-orders in for this. We've got plenty coming. But, I mean, you've got Comic Fest versions of Deceased. You've got Ghost Rider in there. You've got... Tony Stark Iron Man you've got Boba Fett you've got Swamp Kids so you've got ones for younger readers as well Halloween Comic Fest good fun and yeah, uh, yeah again we'll, we'll be doing different promotions and stuff this year uh, I think the big year. question is is Keith going to have to work it? <laughs> <laughs> no one uh, I don't know of any weddings around Halloween but you never know you never yeah know. that should be uh, I should say did we say it's the 26th of October so it's always done. yeah always the last Saturday in October so similar to free comic book days always the first so, Saturday yeah the- um, so the two big image ones um, first one is called The Marked uh, writer David Hine and Brian Haberlin artist is Brian Haberlin and covers are by Gerald Van Dyke um, this one is for fans of The Shadowhunters and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina so double sized double size number one if you want a new number one could be something to pick up um, not too sure about this one the marked may look like cool young influencers but beneath it designer clothes their bodies are tattooed with the magical glyphs of an ancient order that secretly protect the world against evil forces with no new occult threats the marked use their tattooed powers solely for the pursuit of pleasures until a young woman called Lisa creates a dangerous new form of hybrid sorcery the party is over for the marked You'll believe in magic, terrifying, soul-destroying magic. We know you love urban fantasy, Roddy. Yeah. So, <laughs> maybe one for Keith. <laughs> um, the art looks quite cool, I must say. There's um, a couple of preview pages yeah, there. I know, that's kind of Stephanie Hans-esque, but in a modern setting. Might be something to check out if you're into it. Um, the next, the other big one is called Nomen Omen, number one of 15. Very strange number, that. <laughs> Yeah. Very strange number. But hey, they've got Although, their series marked out. What else so. was 15? Alex and Ada was a really good image series. It was yeah, 15 issues. I never read that one. Hadrian's Wall was a very underrated one, but it was only 12. Um, but yeah, uh, this is by Marco B. Bucci and Jacopo Camagni. Uh, we'll go for that. <laughs> uh, so if you like Snot Girl and the magic of Blackbird and the layered world building of Unnatural, you'll love this. Um, yeah so no matter how fast you can run sooner or later your past will catch up with you enter Becky Kumar geeky 20 year old from New York City who's about to cross the veil between our reality and the realm of the otherworldly truths yeah sounds cool Um, there's a lot of female centred stuff so a lot of cool things to get 
ladies in the comics. And then one uh, yeah. for Alan. I'd say that's the, the image title I'm looking forward to most this month. So it's also being released in quite a unique way. So uh, this is a series called Chrononauts Future Shock, which is essentially Chrononauts 2. Chrononauts was originally a time-traveling um, story written by Mark Miller and art by Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, of course, these days is so busy with Curse of the White Knight and so forth. So there's a different artist on this, which I believe is Eric Canete. Um, but what's interesting about this is it's going to be a four-issue mini-series, but all four issues are being released on the same day. Um, I remember when I first heard about this, I said to Keith about it, it was like Mark Miller's trying to out uh, Kirkman and Kirkman. <laughs> you know, with hey, their... why not? But I class, lo- class idea. But I love this about Image. I love that they're not afraid to just play with the norm you know, and, and mess around with things. And having all four issues out in the same day, it will mean the collectors are happy who like single issues, but I would imagine the trade will either come out the same day or very soon after. Yeah. Because the whole yeah. story's written and printed. So uh, Chrononauts is just good fun. Time traveling stuff. Can't go wrong. I mean, the book even says mini series premiere for issue one and mini series finale for issue yeah. four. Oh, I I love that. That's a, it's really good fun. Sounds sounds awesome. Um, Copper number one. Um, I think you that was an indie series, and the Image are re-releasing it. And Is yes. that not the guy that did GoBots? Oh, jeez, Alan. No. No, no, he did not. He did GI Joe. Uh, oh, so sorry, I got geez. my. Jeez, yeah. we're gonna have to ban him from our new. Podcast. I'm not part of your eighties <laughs> podcast that you two are uh, cooking up. But yeah, um, that sounds cool. So they're gonna re-release. It looks quite pulpy adventure. Um, it's quite similar to GI Joe, to be honest. And then, but across the page is something that I think Vicky was really looking forward to, and I am also looking very, very much forward to. Yeah, now the court uh, cases have been settled. Yeah, that's right. Um, so in the 1990s, Dead Eyes was a prolific stick-up man and the hoodlum, and hoodlum in Boston until he took down one last big score and disappeared. Nobody ever discovered the truth. He retired to be with the love of his life, but now he's back in the mask to save her. No one, not his wife, the mafia, or the cops is happy that he's out of retirement. From John McRae, the artist and co-creator of Mythic and Hitman, and Jerry Dugan, the writer of Analog and Deadpool, comes the action comedy and drama of Martin Dobbs, aka Dead Eyes, the man who says he's descended from one of the original gangs of New York City. Um, That's an interesting one because the first issue came out about nine months ago and it was called Dead (laughs) Rabbits. And the owners of the Dead Rabbit Bar in New York City took exception to this, right. and they have some very powerful uh, lawyers. They got managed to get the series um, put on standstill, and then eventually cancelled. So they've come back. I mean, they even use the line there: "You can't keep a good comics down." <laughs> so yeah, they've replaced it from Dead Rabbit to Dead Eyes, but it looks to be going back to the start again. It's not like it's starting at issue three. Yeah. Dead Rabbit managed yeah, to get a single two issues out. So. But I look forward to that. I, I, we have the first issue of it, and I really enjoy it. So yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's nice to see them come back. To be honest, very pulpy, very Sin City-ish. Yeah, and um, we got Thought Bubble anthology. I will be a Thought Bubble. So looking forward to that one. It's got like a load of different creators in it, um, including great British Bake Off finalist Kim Joy. Mm. Great, wow. fantastic. Yeah. Listen to that. What is? What do you mean you'll be a Thought Bubble? What's that? It Thought Bubble is the UK's. Biggest uh, independent comic convention. Oh right, so in Leeds. In Leeds, yeah. I see. Um, it's fantastic. Um, 
just usually full of many many great creators loads of signings loads of cool just so good so good so different from like the MCMs of the world cool cool just a really comics focused I mean I don't think you'd see a pop vinyl there okay <laughs> no see. offense to the pop vinyl lovers of the world but no no, no. yes offense <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so there's a lot of trade paperbacks there and this one that is a big one this one so this, this has the potential to be the best graphic novel of the year yeah do you know like those movies the ads for movies that say only in cinemas <laughs> well this is kind of like it six months later released I'm yeah out. like a no I, no no harm in them because it was a fantastic series and we are talking about Little Bird um, so they did say that it, it would never be single issues just, only yeah it would never make a trade but it here deserved it is. a trade I mean the story Absolutely. the quality yeah. the arts the, the world itself they built and it's going to be a glorious hardcover yeah it really is it says it's trim size and this is an advanced solicit for 20th November yeah yeah it's plenty of time to get those orders in but this is going to be good definitely pick it up the ending absolutely floored me um, and in Bertram's art and that's five issues collected yep five issues um, yeah. I think there are bigger issues than normal though yeah because yeah. it's 208 pages so you're talking over 40 pages of book there so um, that's that's good stuff and then this one's something I've been meaning to pick up so I'll definitely get on this my heroes have always been junkies Trent Brubaker and uh, Sean Phillips the dream I believe team. winner yeah. of best original graphic novel at the Eisners I yeah uh, this is also advanced solicit I yeah. think for November too part of the criminal world great stuff um, yeah but you I'm, don't I'm need a fan. to you don't need no, to no, very much stand up for it yeah yeah so yeah definitely one for the criminal fans um yeah so going moving into the image sort of graphic novel section a lot of ongoing stuff walking dead omnibus <laughs> the last one yeah is that the last one it is yeah, yeah. <coughs> unfortunately omnibus or um although they they release walking dead about nine different ways so it's <laughs> it's not too surprising i would say yeah um, so a lot of ongoing stuff deadly class worth a mention because i know a lot of people were talking about the variant cover uh, Antonio Fuso I think I saw somebody from yeah. the store <clears throat> tweeting about it and the next page the return of another Rick Remander title which is Death or Glory um, art by the artist Bengal um, Death or Glory was a great title it was very much a throwback to the sort of the car chase movies of the 70s oh, really? um, okay. and issue 5 was it, it finished a good 6 months ago or so so it's following that traditional uh, image model 6 months release the trade start working on the next arc really recommend that that's going to be a jumping on point new new story arc then you've got that glorious cover for dynamo yeah looking good awesome yeah and excellence number six there's the end of the first story arc of it by brandon thomas about the uh story of raymond deals uh the son of a lineage of sorcerers um very much very much uh sort of set you know in a in a world where people of colour or the or the make up the sorcerer's families, you know, mm -hmm. so that's really very much draws on that on those cultural norms and, and what it means to be, you know, a person of colour, you know, and uh, I guess that's uh, it, really it's just really worth worth reading, you know. It's, yeah, it's, really. It's, it's very, very, I, uh, I obviously I was you, put off by yeah. the urban fantasy setting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh <laughs> it's more than that. It, there's a, yeah. there's definitely a social commentary in there as well. Big cool. style, you know, it's 
And there's that team I mentioned, Jeff Lemire and Sorrentino getting involved, yeah, starting a new, new story, story arc, arc as well. Really looking forward to that. It's so good. And Isola, number 10, a series I've been really enjoying, which is also fantasy. Not quite urban fantasy, though, but that's the end of that story arc. Fantasy's just everywhere, yeah. this Yeah. It used to be sci-fi, but now I think it's just it's horror, fantasy really taking over. Speaking of fantasy. Uh, end of story arc. Middle West, West number 12, yeah. so second trade won't be too far behind that. Issue 9 of that's a heartbreaker. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm a tra- trading that. Um, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of ongoing stuff with Image. This, I think that's kind of what I was feeling. There's there's a lot of ongoing stuff, but not a, new, a lot of new stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of the new stuff. Doesn't like it looks good, but it's not going to be for me, you know, as a fan. Uh, I read the first issue of Sea of Stars by uh, Jason Aaron and uh, Dennis Hopeless Hallam mm-hmm. uh, there this week yeah. uh, about a father and son journeying through space who are separated. Um, I said to Alan this morning, I feel like it has. It has the potential to be nearly another saga. It's wow, bloody fantastic. After the yeah. first issue, yeah, that is yeah, yeah I just I see it's going to be it's going to be a real heartfelt story, a real. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of fun in it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, definitely. First issue achieved a lot. Set yep. up so many story yep. threads in 32 pages. It was it was pretty awesome. Um, cool. But he's just going to break your heart and stop writing an issue at two. Don't think so. I think Alan's referring <coughs> See, to the think, fact yeah. that uh, that Southern Bastards. Is Southern Bastards in, is it in this preview? I think this is a uh, podcast bingo. Like every time, <laughs> every time you mention uh, Southern Bastards, the, the fact drink. is that Jason Aaron is coming to the end of his store on this. What's been taking all his time? Yeah, I'll free him up a bit. Busy man. He is a busy man, but he's coming to the end of that now, and I would say you'll maybe see him scratch a bit of that indie urge. Yeah, maybe, maybe Southern Bastards might be on the way back. Yeah, I think I think that's a trade one for me because I think I picked up a few other number ones, so I kind of left off Sea of Stars, unfortunately. But well, I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll fire you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, worth a read. Excellent. Um, I think we'll probably maybe have a wee review of it in the next reviews podcast. So yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. So if you don't want it spoiled, you may get reading. <laughs> so yeah, we are done with image. Um, maybe hopefully shorter time than usual. Um, on to Dark Horse. Fans of the 1994 film will be loving this. But what I didn't know, that it was inspired by a comic. Oh, it was originally. Yeah, yeah The Mask. Uh, the mask yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I, I mean, had no idea. It was, uh, the comic was always fairly dark and brittle, whereas the the movie was a Jim Carrey launching comedy yeah uh, tell you so what though this looks uh, like a return to form <laughs> if you look at this preview, preview image yeah. Uh, yeah so somebody getting a bit of social commentary there as well make America green again yeah so somebody's getting splattered uh, on the this preview page and he's chocolate Sunday 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 lovely <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's only a miniseries, one of four. So, and there's a cool Raphael Albuquerque uh, variant cover as well, going for the American flag theme. Um, yeah, there's another kind of monster hunter series. This one's called Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter. Uh, there's kind of been a few of these, hasn't there? Monster Hunter series because yeah. we have. Mind you, the Mary Shelley one, yeah. Monster Hunter. Again, another four issue. Four issue seems to be the the thing for Dark Horse. Yeah, uh, looks quite pulpy. Looks interesting, must say. Did you uh, say Monster Hunter seem to be the seem to be the thing? We've got that uh, uh, something is killing the children and yeah. a yeah. few other yeah. ones like that that are very Monster Huntery. 
This this guy is something I know nothing about. Grendel. Grendel, not a clue. Looks no. like Venom to me. Grendel's been about for years. Yeah. I know nothing about him. Uh, but if you like Grendel, there's a, there's a new series by Matt Wagner and variant cover by Fabio Moon. Yeah, he of Day Tripper fame. Um, that does look really cool, I have to say. Um, yeah, it's called Devil's Odyssey. So, um, yeah, sci-fi, fantasy, horror. I think, you, like, if you're a fan of Grendel, you probably know what you're going to get there. Matt Wagner, I think, is the creator of Grendel. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So he's he's back. Or has he ever left? Who knows? <laughs> Who's to um, say? Yeah. There is a new burger books called Ruby Falls, which looks like a sleepy town noir crime series. Looks quite interesting. Um, this is from Anne Nocenti, who wrote The Seeds and some Daredevil and rising Italian talent Flavia Biondi, um, who's making her American comic debut. Um, so Ruby, a neo-noir tale of love, memory, murder, mystery, uh, woven through three generations of women and hinging on their individual intertwined fights for freedom. That sounds pretty cool. The um, the artwork looks pretty awesome. Very, I don't know how you would say that. It looks just really European. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, I might might pick that up. A hit or miss with the burger books. Love the girl in the bay. Girl in the bay was great. Invisible kingdom. Kind of it finished well, but it is going to be a second volume. But I'm not yeah, going to continue. But I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the ending of Invisible Kingdom. There it's it is, than uh, number six. <laughs> well, considering we pushed it, if you want to continue with it, number six is the start of a new arc. Um, really great world building. Really interesting premise. And yeah, there's there's a lot of carrying on stuff. Berserker Unbound. A lot of similar stuff. There's the Hellboy corner that if you like... Yeah, it seems to be a couple of wee one-shots there. I suppose really good for Halloween. The, there's a one-shot called Long Night at Golosky Station. Quiet night at a rundown Russian train station turns into an all-out demon battle for Hellboy. When three sinister interlopers pass through, Mike Mignola writes and, writes and Matt Smith draws this Western-style supernatural standoff. Looks cool. Really like the cover again bingo we all really want to get into Hellboy but don't know where to start so answers on a postcard for that <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah like continuing ongoing a new Disney series that uh, Tommy Gunn oh, yeah. is one that uh, by Christian Ward is one that Alan and I both said we sort of I think we saw when it was issue yeah, 2 in the we, previews we, we missed but it's I mean, it's Al Capone and Elliot Ness. It's the Untouchables mixed up with Wizards and all sorts of good stuff. So uh, maybe not for yourself, uh, Roddy. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to pick it up, to be uh, honest. I've a, always room for one urban fantasy. It's a, it's a genre bender and it's uh, it's gangsters and it's wizards. So I think I'll maybe pick that one up. And, well, maybe if, if it's, it's out, the first issue's out next week. Yeah, next couple of weeks, yeah. So I've maybe got a few of them pre so. sweet. Again, going to be cool. a week four mm-hmm. issue. Nice we in Bertrand variant cover. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. little bird. Could be tempted. Could be tempted. Only if I have the variant cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's new Alien stuff. There is the finish to Aliens Rescue, which was the sequel to Resistance. Um, so if you like Aliens. I know there is there is a lot of people that go for Aliens books in the store, isn't there? 
Very yeah. much so. Uh, the trade just came out there for Alien 3, and oh, uh, it so keeps selling out. It's sold out every week. Oh, and really? Just reordered it every week. Yeah. Um, but it was Alien 3 was great. Yeah. So we're on the IDW now. There's the IDW Star Wars Corner. No. Star Wars Adventures Corner, I guess. It's the kids' Star Wars stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably a really good jumping on point. There is a number one... Return to Vader's Castle. It was like yeah. a horror anthology set in the Star Wars universe. The first one was just called Vader's Castle, and then this one was returned to. But it never got released this side of the world. Um, yeah. The single issues never got released. But they're going to be released in the trade, I believe, this month, August. Cool. Um, um, Keith's just, just counting down the pages here until you get to I? page 155. Very specific. Counting down. I am. Um, Counting down the pages. Yeah, so IDW, Sonic, My Little Pony. Then they have the weird Marvel Kids Action, Corner. Kids thing. Corner, yeah. yeah. Looks really good, like if you're definitely into it. And then they've got the Adams Family. There's a new Adams Family series. And then they have their version of Disney, DuckTales. You sure you don't mean this page, Alan? The Transformers I page? I don't know. No, no. Oh, it's, so. it's even more exciting than that. <laughs> Transformers going monthly at thirteen then. Yes. So, so first trade will be out. It'll be the first twelve, and then monthly exciting. from thirteen. Yeah. Mm. And then that's the final of Transformers Ghostbusters, and then Transformers Galaxy Two. Can't really tell. Is that another Constructicon? Yeah, it looks like another Constructicon. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, then there's G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe number two. So I guess if you're, is it too late for not at all? G.I. Joe number one. G.I. Joe relaunch number one starting in September. Transformers Galaxy. Same when, Transformers uh, Galaxy, yeah. I should say, when is the final cutoff for all this stuff? Um, I mean, you get uh, several opportunities to top up as a comic store. Obviously, the previews order is the first way to guarantee it but yep. then there's always another opportunity one month before something comes out to guarantee it and then you get a week before it to top up your orders but it can be hit and miss so yeah. Yeah. as ever the earlier the better with with the orders but um, we'll always do our best even if it's the week before we'll always do our best to, to get these titles in for anyone who's after them so I am at 151 you are 151 that you're almost there even Keith's oh, even Keith's intrigued he, he knows what's coming what 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 what, what could it be <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, eh. Rom, Dire, Dire Race. That's that's an eighties one that I'm not too familiar Rom with. Rom the Space Knight. Yeah. yeah. One five five. Look at that. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Take away. So what we've got on uh, one five five is uh, Cobra Kai, the, the Karate Kid saga continues. Uh, strike first, strike hard. No mercy. <laughs> Is that the name uh, of the series? No, 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 no. That's the uh, that's the, uh, the, the, the on the on the dojo wall of the Cobra Kai dojo. So, uh, the Cobra Kai has been a fantastic so far two season series on YouTube, oh, okay. and it's yeah. picked up thirty years after the original Karate Kid saga when uh, Johnny Lawrence is uh, sort of a bit of a diner night. Uh, I guess approaching fifty years old, and uh, he's an odd job guy, and he's he's never got over the never exceeded the heights of uh, of of his his youth which sort of came to an end in 1984 when Daniel Larusso kicked him in the face <laughs> with an illegal move <laughs> well uh, and uh, it's a great show I can't, I can't say enough about uh, Cobra Kai season 1 and 2 on YouTube it's probably the best thing that's been on TV 
the last couple of years it's really fantastic it's really, oh, such okay. a good show doesn't take itself seriously very tongue in cheek but uh, this four part series by Denton J. Tipton and uh, Kagan McLeod is Johnny's story uh, it's the Karate Kid the original movie seen in a retelling through the eyes of Johnny Lawrence uh, two time All Valley champion um, so 35 years later Johnny Lawrence who is now the uh, who is now the sensei of the relaunched Cobra Kai Dojo is telling one of his students the story of what happened in 1984 at the All Valley Karate Championships from his point of view he's talking about the new kid who makes moves and the girl that broke Johnny's heart has vows to settle the score win back her love you know so this is this is the Karate Kid story but from Johnny's point of view rather than Daniel's point of view that has a lot of potential so very funny uh, and if it is anything like Cobra Kai it's going to be fantastic it really is so uh, there's apparently four variant covers with uh, characters from the show so uh, you're seeing there uh, and I mean I should say Cobra Kai features the original lineup, the original cast from the Karate Kid mm-hmm. you know so this was this is Johnny Lawrence 35 years later and it really has a, it really has a, the first episode really has a great start you see Johnny faced out in the mat in 1984 having just been knocked out by Daniel he slaps the mat you know and fades, up, fades to black and then it fades back in again and there's Johnny Lawrence 35 years later lying on the floor face down surrounded by beer cans that's <laughs> <laughs> just it's such such a good uh it's such a good series, it really is. Cool. So that's, that's IDW's gem of the month, and uh, yeah, so highly recommend that, and highly recommend that TV series at the same time. Cool. Um, and there's another one. Star Trek uh, Corner. Yeah, so Star Trek Corner. We've got uh, Discovery Aftermath three of three and Star Trek Year Five. But the one that's kind of interesting me, which is by the the writer of the new GI Joe series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Star Trek Voyager Mirrors and Smoke so this is a, the first time that Star Trek Voyager has ventured into the mirror universe of the Star Trek milieu so we've had the mirror universe of the original series uh, we've now had the mirror universe in the next generation uh, through the comics uh, mirror universe in deep space now, the mirror universe is effectively the evil version of the Star Trek universe oh, okay. uh, where all the good guys have wee pointy beards and are evil because um, you're not evil as you have a beard Roddy <laughs> yeah exactly so this is the first <laughs> I time I did notice Keith shaved off his beard this is so he's, he's the good guy I'm back to being the good guy uh, so it says stranded far from the uh, the ruins of the Terran Empire so I guess in the original Star Trek Voyager uh, Voyager the ship the Federation ship was jumped uh, 70 seven, 70 light years or whatever it was away from uh, home and we're trying to make their way back from the, the unexplored Delta Quadrant back to the Alpha Quadrant but uh, in this they're stranded far from the ruins of the Terran Empire the Terran Empire is the evil version of the Federation uh, Captain Janeway and her rebel ship Voyager have just crowned herself the pirate queen of the Delta Quadrant <laughs> of course the locals won't give in without a fight especially not scavengers Neelix and Kess who were two uh, crew members in the original show uh, and who is this apparent Terran who calls herself Annika Hansen she was seven of nine in the original show so this is the the Mer Voyagers comic book debut, so this could be could be interesting. I think it's a one shot. Cool, so, yeah. 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 Comic Mer universe stuff, yeah. and I think it's I think it's because we always like to see the dark sides of our yeah. heroes, you know. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I suppose it was the same with uh, those tales from the multiverse. Tales books from the dark multiverse, like, yeah. The uh, one F books in Marvel, yeah. you know. That's it. That's it. Um, now, there's a good two page spread mm-hmm. right there. Obviously, we spoke about Joe Hill earlier in the DC book. Um, Joe Hill's crowning glory is is and 
unless he writes something spectacular the rest of his career, it's going to be a series called Lock and Key, uh, which was co-created by Gabriel Rodriguez, who's the artist on it. <laughs> Joe Hill's listening to this podcast going, oh, that's me, I've peaked. <laughs> but the reason he's peaked is Alan because... Alan says I've peaked. <laughs> <laughs> that guy I met that one time. Yeah, may stop um, now. <laughs> but... Uh, the reason I said is because Lock and Key, I mean, I hold Lock and Key in the same high esteem as Why the Last Man and the same high esteem as Preacher. Lock and Key is an absolute classic and it was, like Lock and Key introduced us to some good friends through the store, people who we recommended this series to based on their, um, based on their likes and they loved it and yeah, Lock and Key is a wonderful series but it finished in 2013 but when we saw you'll remember as well Roddy you were at the same event as me when Joe Hill was doing a book tour mm-hmm. and someone asked him about Lock and Key and he said I have more stories to tell and I was always intrigued to see if he'd ever do anything with that well there's going to be a wee one shot coming out um, called Lock and Key Nailed It um, so little blur for it's just in 2013 the Lock family saga came to a close or did it some doors once closed can never be reopened again while others shouldn't be ever again um, please join us for a return to Lock and Key Mythos with a new story by series creators Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Um, I mean, it's not the kind of thing I would jump into fresh. I would certainly recommend getting into that series. It is uh, six volumes in total, but it's six of the best volumes of anything you'll read. Brilliant, brilliant storytelling. But also on the other side of the page here, you have Joe Hill, the graphic novel collection. He's written a couple of shorter stories, one called The Cape, one called Thumbprint, uh, one called Kodiak and one called Wraith which is what the TV series Nosferatu is based uh, on um, Kodi- but, Kodiak was one in Strange Weather wasn't it? yep yeah. um, so with this this there's going to be a graphic novel collection so all of those in a beautiful little slip case um, pretty good price there as well $29.99 it's probably going to be about the £26.27 mark but you've got five individual graphics there um, which I highly recommend um but yeah, Lock and Key, again, it's probably going to be a future book club at some point, so we'll go into it more depth, but wonderful series. Um, glad to see it coming back. Cool. And then, yeah, sort of moving on, there's continuations of uh, IDW's kind of uh, indie series, Canto, Mountainhead, <clears throat> Pandemica, which I think I mentioned last month. Then Gears of War omnibuses and what that's about just, that one? That's just Keith a wee too. quick one just to mention. I was asking Keith if he had seen the show Jericho. Yeah, yeah, Jericho was a was a great uh, show. I'm, I'm I'm I love post apocalyptic stuff, and that show was on just about the time it was I was hitting my peak with it, and it was about it was set in a I guess a small town in America called Jericho. Uh, and in the first episode the bombs went off uh, uh, the main character was driving out of town and then yeah, he got blown off the road that's right 23 nukes went off and uh, uh, the, yeah. the, then it was it was sort of battening down the hatches and trying to figure out what was going on because uh, it was such a small town they were essentially cut off from civilization, so they didn't know if the world had ended they didn't know if it had just happened down the road from them and that was it um, it was Skeet Ulrich was the main character and who's more probably well known better now for being Jughead's dad in Riverdale it's Jack also Green. on Scream as well Jack Green he um, played and then Robert Hawkins was pl- Hawkins was played by your man in The Walking Dead uh, um, what do you yes, call him with, um, uh, with a stick <sighs> Kyle and Paul are going to be yeah. so disappointed in us <laughs> um, yeah you've got uh, begins with M I think yeah I was just thinking that same thing 
Oh, it's terrible. Anyway, we'll probably come back to it. But yeah, so with Jericho, it was one of those TV shows. The first season was 24 episodes, and then they cancelled it. But there was an older character in it who used to always have this sort of catchphrase of any time something went wrong, he would always go, oh, nuts. So loads of like feverish fans sent kilos and kilos of nuts to the, sh- the TV studios, <laughs> demanding a season two. And, uh, season was it season, season? It was to make a season two. So yeah. season two got made, but it was only seven episodes. It was going to wrap everything up. But they continued it in the comics with a season three and a season four. And they're putting together a, a double book of both of those there. It's a, it's an advanced solicit. It's coming out in December. But just if this is a little-known show that you've seen before, this is a great example of how comics can continue that story yeah. um, and give you maybe a little bit more closure. Morgan is the name of the Morgan, character. Morgan, there we are. Just came to me. Um, and I didn't even look it up. Um, but yeah, the guy who played Morgan in Walking Dead, he plays like a, a secret agent in it who's undercover in the yeah, small town. that's right. And then they, there was... Turned out there was some sort of militia. Yeah, like making bombs and they were the, 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 they discovered that America had been split in two along the Mississippi River effectively and it wasn't north and south, it was now east and west. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. They set up an entire Great TV show. Yeah, awesome. Highly recommend yeah. it. And again, because it's only really a season and a half essentially. It's yeah. easy to watch, you know. So uh, but yeah, I'll yeah. I look forward to reading that myself. Um, two hundred and seventy-two glorious pages for thirty dollars. That's yes. pretty, pretty damn good. Bad. Like it's a December solicit. Yes. Um. So yeah, onto dynamite. Dynamite is very, very vampirella heavy this month. I know a few people that will be in love with these covers. Um, where she's celebrating her twenty-fifth year 50th. in the comics or fiftieth? Sorry, is it? Yeah, there's um, 1969 Vampirella started, believe it or not. But uh, although I'm not, a f- it's not really my kind of thing that I read. I have to say that main cover Joshua Middleton done is absolutely gorgeous. The first um, ever Joshua Middleton yeah. cover for Dynamite. Um, I mean, Vampirella is primarily drawn by like Frank Cho, Lucio Perillo, those types of characters. But um, a Joshua Middleton cover is nice. Yeah, nice. There it's is a also some. Nice. Uh, what was I going to say? There's some vampirella coins. There's and coins. There's statues. collectible statues. Yes, 50th anniversary, which so. have already been pre-ordered. <clears throat> there's also interestingly, this is the first time I've ever seen coins in previews. And then you turn the page, and there's the boys coins as well. Started watching the boys. No, will not say anything. I haven't ready, but I haven't started it. We're wa- we're watching through Chernobyl first. Oh, Chernobyl's oh. fantastic! What a show! Yeah, we're watching through what that at the moment. So, we recently finished Flash and Arrow, which I have to say are pretty damn fantastic. Yeah, they go they go very much through like highs and lows, but the last two seasons were great. Well, after that, Chernobyl will give you a wee dose of reality, and then you. Can... <laughs> Do you know what Chernobyl would uh, be a pretty good comic series too? Yeah, if they they could expand upon that. Only if, if the Russians wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> They're apparently still not happy that. Uh, of the Americanization of the story. Oh really? Yeah, they're they're making their own series. I think I read. Right. The Russians are actually right. financing their own story to tell <laughs> their side of the story. Well, I mean, that's funny because the journal story is really all about propaganda. <laughs> you know, so. Oh well, speaking of propaganda, how about a wee trip to the Cold War and East Berlin? Take us there, Ronnie. With Boom Studios. Yeah, so we're on the Boom. Uh, this one I am very excited for. It just looks right up my alley. Fantastic cover. Fantastic art. Cold War, Deception, Men in Coats, Loads of Shadows. Yeah, can't wait. 
so Herring is a disillusioned American spy stationed in East Berlin, struggling with a cold war that seems to have no end. Behind enemy lines, he soon learns the Soviets have a secret weapon that could change the tides, an alien monster that they don't understand and can't control. Soviets are about to learn that they are not in charge of the monster, it is already in their minds and has twisted them to its will. Now Herring must find a way to understand the impossible before it transforms him into a monster unlike anything else. I like that. Mankind made it to space and now space has followed them back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just uh, as Rolly's chatting there, this is written by Jeff Loveness. And we chatted earlier about Tales from the Dark Multiverse, the DC mm-hmm. stuff. He is writing the Death of Superman one. Oh, cool. Also, very so. cool. Um, this looks awesome. Yeah, it's one of four. Just it looks really look cool. Kind of cool. Very excited yeah, for it. A lot of lovely. paranoia, a lot of shadowy government figures. Really excited to see what that is. Um, there's cool. another book by Jeff Loveness, um, illustrated by Jacob Rebel- Rebelka, called Judas. Uh, looks interesting. This says Jeff Loveness composes phrases like lines of a yearning second person poem. But the most exquisite part of the book is uh, Jacob's rich, delicious artwork with its muted colours and climped-like human figures. Yeah, looks that looks cool. Um, for fans of The Preacher and The God Damned, so maybe some sort of retelling of the Judas story. Looks interesting. Judas, um, year one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how about this, Keith? I'm really looking Take forward to, to this in October. Uh, it's... Uh, Hellmouth number one of five by Jordi Belair and Jeremy Lambert, and it is the it is the first uh, event, uh, first comic book event of the Buffy and Angel books by Boom, which have been going fantastically. Mm. Um, so they're really spotlighting this. Uh, they've got uh, joining covers of Buffy number eight, uh, Angel number five, and Hellmouth number one. Showcasing all the characters in the cool. in the new Boom Buffy verse, the it's a the new Buffy verse is a is a I guess a sort of a reimagining retelling of of uh, the Buffy story uh, in in the modern day. So uh, it looks like it's all coming together. The Mistress Drusilla and her ally Spike have uh, found a weapon to open the Hellmouth and unleash unspeakable evil across the town and the world. With time running out, Buffy Summers, the Slayer, must team up with a new ally she doesn't fully trust. The vampire vigilante known as Angel. So this is the first meeting of Buffy and Angel. Mm. Uh, can these two find a way to work together before the Hellmouth opens, or will they decide they might be each other's greatest enemy? Uh, so yeah, first massive crossover event in the Buffyverse, one that threads the shake the entire fabric of reality. So uh, yeah, cool. I think they'll 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 uh, they'll run this, and then they'll, they'll probably take things in the in the two series to the next. To the next level, I don't know if they maybe launch something else, a spike book or whatever. But Jordy Belair's fantastic on this, yeah. and uh, Brian Hill on Angel also fantastic. There he is. Yep, number six. The very boy. Angel. The very boy. Covers are lovely for them. Yep, yeah, have to say as well. Um, Interestingly, there's not a there's not a Buffy solicited this this month. There's well, no, do you think Hellmouth uh, will take over the Buffy solicitations? Maybe no, I'm not sure. There, no, because there was a Buffy cover number eight. Yeah, but that's released last. Yeah, that's released. so that'll be September's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no Buffy, as I say, this month, and as you say, they maybe put it in hiatus with Hellmouth. Yeah, because I mean, from what I remember, the first Buffy trade was issues one to four, so the second trade it would make sense to be five to eight. Yeah. So cool. All right. What about Firefly, Keith? Firefly's code great. Craig Pack, best known for uh, some of his fantastic Hulk stories. Um, best known for Ronan Island. 
All right, okay. Fair enough. Um, not best known by me. <laughs> so yeah, Firefly's going great. Loving it. Cool. Loving it. They've really got the voices of the characters down. Uh, what about these two for uh, quite the contrast? First up, Snoopy, a beagle of Mars, which is pretty. I'm quite interested. This might be good for like kids because. Snoopy teams up with NASA for a new original graphic novel, um, which sounds pretty cool. Uh, Snoopy, the world famous astronaut, heads to the <laughs> stars and is moved out of this world adventure yet. What mysteries does the red planet hold? Will he find water? Will he find life? Will he find the time to get in a quick nine holes? <sighs> so, yeah, really, really cool. Uh, written by Jason Cooper and Charles M. Schultz, right. the creator um, of Snoopy. Snoopy and Peanuts. Peanuts, yeah. Uh, illustrated by Robert Pope. Um, looks really cool and then uh, I think somebody had did somebody have this written down um, I just wrote this down just to give it a quick spotlight simply because so WWE Smackdown Live there's going to be a new comic from Boom Studios but my understanding was a few months ago that Boom were not going to be making the wrestling comics anymore so I was just oh. surprised to see it um, we've got a few people that come into the store that are big wrestling fans um, I understand this is the tie-in to the WWE itself is moving from one network to another, I think, in the US, so this is sort of to, you know, be like a, a celebration issue or a transition issue. I think it's just a one-shot, cool. um, focusing on Becky Lynch, um, so if you're into your wrestling, I would probably recommend getting that because these are officially sanctioned by WWE, so they, they, they're they the equivalent of canon in Yeah, oh, wrestling. cool. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. looks interesting yeah looking forward to something is killing these children number two is out this well not this month but yeah. the month of October uh, Power Rangers Corner shout out to the foil variants they look pretty cool um, then once in future I think we're all very excited for yeah. number three will be out yeah I was send the Keith just before we started recording I was looking on Twitter and there was an article it's not number one's not out for another two weeks it's already sold out well, I think Kieran Gillen's name is is, just, his stock is rising yeah. um, obviously did a great long series with Wicked and Divine which I'd really like to get into but it's just coming to an end Die is getting more and more popular. Um, his he's very much on the rise at the moment. I'm sure our check is in the mail. I'm sure. It is, you know. <laughs> well, I want, I want to check for Dan Mora because he's one of my favorite artists. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's done. You're WWE so greedy. Stuff You're as so well. greedy. You want two checks? I want all the money um, <laughs> for all these plugs. Um, obviously, he did Kleist, which is one of my favorite series. Oh yes, he's yeah. very. I don't know if he does stuff other than Boom. Does he? Uh, I don't he believe so. exclusive. Yeah, because so. he's uh, he gets about boom anyway. But yeah, love it. Can't wait for that one. Uh, tell us about Running Island Volume One. I've spoken about Running Island a few times. It's just a really fun sort of um, samurai era, old fashions. It, it, it's just a really really cool wee title. The first volume is actually out. This is a resolicit by the look of it. Um, oh. Well, it says advanced solicit unless they're making a bigger graphic, but there is a graphic available in the store, the first four issues. December. Um, oh, is this, was is the graphic uh, hardcover in the store? I don't believe so. No. It's softcover. I was surprised by this solicit myself, but, um, but yeah, running on really fun little titles. Uh, it's just going to be 12 issues long. As I say, aforementioned Greg Pack on writing for that, so I am a fan. I am a fan. Giannis Milanag. Giannis on I, art butchered your name sorry I believe so your pronunciation is correct sir <laughs> uh, Jim Henson 
Dark Crystal timeline. Netflix series coming cool. soon, I think. Comes start yeah, in August there's uh, a lot of stuff happening Because there. we don't have enough to watch on television. <laughs> yes, so... Yeah, I don't think there's much else. There's only... Was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? I don't think we'll even bother flicking through the rest. We'll just... Um, there's a couple of things not a, I wanted to mention. There was a good one in Vault Comics. Um, sorry, I should mention this one because the first issue of this is out next month. It seems to have flown under the radar. It's called uh, Vampire State Building. The only reason I mention this is because this is Charlie Adler's first um, series he's doing since, obviously, the conclusion of Walking Dead, but it's going to be in colour as well. And it's to do with lots of myths and urban legends about the Empire State Building. Plus, there's a glow-in-the-dark cover. What more do you need? Sign us up. But the first issue of that is out in September. I've, I've ordered a good few for the store. Who's so uh, that published by? It's a, it's a smaller label. It's published by, I think it's Ablaze. called Ablaze, yeah. Oh. Um, as weird as it sounds, I'm looking forward to seeing Charlie Adler's work transition to colour. Because obviously yeah, he's yeah. focused so much on black and white and shadows and you know, The Walking Dead, so I'll look forward to that, I have to say. Cool, yeah, me, I think, me too, yeah. Um, Keith, anything you would like to pick up? I think I have covered everything that I'm sort of interested okay. in in the, in the indie section. Cool, well, uh, you just prepare yourself for your all your Marvel, Marvel stuff, us. and I shall... You think he's not ready at a moment's oh, notice? he's always ready, isn't he? I'm uh, born ready. <clears throat> uh, I just wanted to mention a few things, um... Yeah, there's definitely one specific graphic I would nice. mention, but I think Roddy will mention it also. There was a couple of things I wanted to get to first. Before that, I'm going to frantically go through pages. Avatar. Like past Aspen and Avatar. Aspen, yeah. <laughs> um, there's humanoids. I'm really excited for the humanoid stuff. There's also the Neon Future trade paperback from Steve Aoki. Yes. It looks. I was Celebrity looking at the DJ art the other day. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at the art. It looks really interesting. Um, What's the gist? Uh, Thirty years from now, in response to a global economic crisis, the US has enacted Article Ten, commonly known as the Return. The lasting results of this law has made advanced technology illegal. Has been rapidly escalating tension between the augmented, who have chosen to integrate technology into their bodies, and the authentic, who have not. Kidasuvi, the mysterious leader of the resistance movement known as Neon Future, strives to bring peace by showing the world a brighter future in harmony with technology. Actually, Ooh, sounds really sounds cool. Sounds a wee bit. Uh, what was the game? Um, oh, what is the PlayStation game that was. That, that's name now escapes me completely. Mankind Evolved. Um, fucking hell, my memory is gone. Pot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'll keep it going while you think about it. Yeah, a lot of good humanized stuff. That looks kind of interested by that one. Um, there was one I kind of looked at from humanoids called The Twilight Man, Rod Serling, and the Birth of Television. Which... Deus Ex. Deus Ex. Ah, very good. Um, so if you like Twilight Zone, that might be one to look into. Um, looks cool. There was another one I wanted to get to a company called Mad Cave Studios because they have a lot of good stuff coming out. Really think it's important to shine a spotlight on the smaller independent kind of comic labels. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be picking up Show's End, which looks really good, but they have a number one called Wolvenheart. 
which uh, looks a bit Castlevania, Penny Dreadful, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Van Helsing. Yeah, looks uh, led by the legendary Professor Van Helsing. Wolvenheart is an, excuse me, is an organization dedicated to monitoring an- anomalies in the space-time continuum after the group is infiltrated and decimated by a cabal of history's most infamous villains, led by the most notorious, notorious serial killer of the 16th century, Elizabeth Bat. Bathory, Sterling Cross, the organization's most prolific monster slayer, winds up trapped in the alternative reality where his only choice is to fight his way through time and change the course of history. Looks interesting. Uh, wonder oh. if that'd be a wee book that would interest you there, Keith. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Lee way. Motivations, wisdom and life lessons from the legend hardcover. Yeah, it's a reference book. I've got various bits and pieces. Sad written by his wife, was it, Shannon? Daughter. Daughter. Daughter, Shannon, who was actually up in arms this week about his Lee's uh, treatment and his time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, Rick and Morty's versus yeah. Dungeons and Dragons 2, Painscape. Looking forward to that. Yeah. First issue, September. <clears throat> as well. Cool, yeah. Uh, Press seems to be a lot of uh, continuation. Because Rick and Morty's up to 55, excuse me, 55, Invader Zim, 48, um, a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, no real cool European stuff from Titan for me this month, which is quite good. Um, Bloodborne continues to be very, very good <coughs> as well. Blade Runner continues. Blade Runner First well, issue yeah. of Blade Runner was great. Just read it the other day, so I did. See, we've got some Star Trek Picard stuff. Yeah. Um, we've got Firefly's Big Damn Cookbook. Interesting. <laughs> so that is pretty much it, apart from Vault. So. Apart from probably one of the another one of the best graphics of the year, I would say. Yeah, I'm gonna put it up there. Although we were kind of joking, there is a mistake in this one. <laughs> so these. Or are, is it? Or, or is, is it? it? Um, I would hope for their sake it is. Uh, so it's called These Savage Shores. It's written by Ram V. The artist is Sumit Kumar. Colorist Vittorio Estoni. And the letterer is Idea Bidikar. Um, you got to pick up this book. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's sort of like a mix of horror, colonialism, like history. Um, it's just Very fantastic. literary. Yeah. You know, um and it's interesting there, they've got two different, sorry, three different creators, and I think there's something for everyone there who have given it their blessing, Warren Ellis, oh, Scott yeah. Schneider, and, and Kieran, Kieran Gillen. Gillen. <laughs> so, uh, All right, so okay. yeah, um, if you like vampires and the story of the East Indian And beautifully illustrated books as well. And what is this, is this a... That's the trade, okay. but so it's um, <laughs> hilariously they've put uh, $3.99 for 160 <laughs> pages. So Wait, I'm all over that. Yeah. Order that for me at that price. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think the colour, like you got to see the colours in this yeah. book. It just pops out off the page at you. Um, there is, if you're into it, I would definitely have a wee look at Vault's... Um, what do you call them? Homage covers. They are very interesting to look at. Some people around the table are not fans of them, <laughs> but there is also a new, they have got a new number one called Money Shot, which looks interesting. Um, but yeah, it's in the near future, space travel is ludicrously expensive and the large, largely ignored. Enter Christine, inventor of the Star Shot teleportation device with a big idea. She'll travel to new worlds, engage intimately with local aliens and film her exploits for a jaded earth populace trying to find something new on the internet. 
<laughs> so yeah, written by Tim Seeley, who's done Hack Slash um, and the Dark Red, and the artist is Rebecca Isaacs. I thought it sounds quite interesting because Vault do a lot of um, like we were saying about these savage shores, very literary, very very highfalutin maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but this this looks like kind of like a fun sci-fi romp. Rump being the oh, uh, oh very yeah. <laughs> What's interesting is I've just looked up Diamond's website for the Savage Shores, and it is a fourteen ninety nine graphic novel, but it actually says in brackets note price. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they picked up on their mistake. Yeah. But I have also found that I might just order one of these out of curiosity. Roddy, it's in stock. Is a the Savage Shores number one black and white edition. Oh, which, which even though you were just yeah, waxing black. lyrical about the col- colors. Uh, that could be interesting it's almost like a director's cut up so yeah that brings uh, an end to Indy yeah okay well I'll just blast into Marvel then Um, so front and centre in Marvel we're still celebrating Marvel's 80th year uh, but we have the dawn of X so X-Men the X-Books are pretty heavy this month uh, in in Marvel because we have the last two issues of Jonathan Hickman's uh, Powers of X and House of X uh, and they're both ending in number six, but that then launches, as we learned at San Diego Comic Con the other week. Six new books. Six new books. The, I guess the the flagship title, uh, with a brand new X Men logo, uh, and written by superstar writer Jonathan Hickman, who's shepherding now the X Men, the X Men world, and superstar writer Lionel Francis Yu of uh, I guess Avengers and uh, Captain America theme. So, uh, I say the flagship title will be X-Men number one, uh, objectiveless X-Men, no uncanny, no amazing, no, you know, awesome. Uh, Dawn of X, the X-Men, without, without spoiling anything in Powers of X or House of X, because that's the last thing I want to do either for anybody or myself. The X-Men find themselves in a new world of possibility and things have never been better. Uh, reveal the saga of Cyclops and his hand-picked squad of mutant powerhouses. So we've got uh, Cyclops in a new, a new uniform there. In front of him we've got... Uh, We've got Rachel Gray in a new costume. We've got Wolverine in an old costume. Uh, we've got Cyclops' father, Corsair, the space pirate in the background. Jean Gray, uh, Cyclops' uh, wife, I guess. Again, maybe, perhaps. She's been dead a long time. She's been youthful. She's back. Cyclops has been dead and back. So I don't know if, I don't know if Marge has been annulled. I don't know what the drag is. Uh, we've got Cyclops' brother, Havoc. We've got Cyclops's son the younger timeline version of Cyclops' son Cable uh, behind him so a bit of a family a summer's family affair here Rachel Gray is also his alternate timeline daughter uh, so apart from <laughs> a, apart from Wolverine so an easy to follow yeah. narrative right so there. in actual fact Cyclops' handpicked squad apart from uh, Wolverine because I think I don't know is that Vulcan that's the third summer's brother in the back it's a real family affair He's got a couple Plus of brothers, loaded. a couple of brothers, a wife, a father, a son, and an alternate timeline look, timeline daughter. There, I think if that's My what that is. Head hurts. <laughs> well, uh, what's interesting is the the way Keith's described all that sounds quite dense. And I read House of X one last week, and of course, no spoilers, but I was astounded by how easy to follow it was, yeah. and it was still dense. It was. Yeah. It was traditional comic style, but it was also redacted government files. It was newspaper clippings. It was, and it must have introduced about thirty characters. And this is this is the reimagining of the history, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and I I was not lost once. I yeah. mean, Hickman is oh, okay. a is a master craftsman. 
and in terms of juggling characters and giving them individual voices he's one of the best so although that all sounds complex and to be fair I'm taking the piss a wee bit you know but I mean I think I think this is this is the potential to put X-Men back where they're supposed to be which is right up there next to Spider-Man and Avengers as as top tier Marvel characters or top tier Marvel team world beating team and something tells me if you read House of X and Powers of X and six titles scare you to go on to after that if there's one title you're going to follow it's going to be X-Men it's going to be this yeah absolutely so so yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about this. I mean, this really is a superstar team of, of Hickman and, and Francis Yu. Uh, so there are two other X books also launching in October. So back in the day, back in the 90s, at the height of, of the X-Men, the 80s and the 90s, height of X-Men power, there were always a number of X-Men titles, but they all had their place. So you had, you know, X-Force, who were sort of the paramilitary X-Men, you know, the slightly um, led by Cable, uh, they were the new mutants and they, they did the dirtier jobs you know and they were trying to save the future fight the future and save the future you had Excalibur who were the British uh, the UK based Scottish based mutant team mm-hmm. uh, you had X Factor who were the government sanctioned mutant team you had uh, Generation X who were the next generation mutant team in school you know what I mean so they all had their they all had their place you know so I think that's sort of where we're going to again we're, we're going to have these six books and they'll, they'll all have a specific place uh, so we've got Tini Howard, um, uh, who whose name is everywhere at the minute, she's writing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And uh, Marcus Toe on uh, Excalibur, a new dawn is forged. Uh, so Excalibur, as they were previously the UK Scottish based uh, team, and that is the case. And they always had the link to Otherworld, which was the the kingdom ruled by Captain Britain. Uh, so we have a new Captain Britain here, and I think that Captain Britain, uh, Captain Britain's Brian Braddock. His sister is Betsy Braddock, who is Psylocke of the X Men, and I think I think Psylocke has taken over as Captain Britain. I think she's now she's now Captain Britain, and uh, she's assembled a team around cool. her to be her Excalibur. That team seems to be composed of Gambit, Jubilee, Richter, Rogue, and Apocalypse. In the background, I'm there. so happy you just said that because I was looking at that cover image and I was like, "Is that Apocalypse?" And I thought. Don't sound stupid, Alan, and ask that question. <laughs> Wait for Keith to explain it, and then I went, I was right. Yeah, so there you are. So it seems the other world is rocked by war. In a new era for mutant kind, there's a new Captain Britain holds the amulet, lighting the kingdom, lighting, lighting, fighting for the kingdom of Avalon with her Excalibur at her side. So looking forward to that. Um, and then we've also got Mara- Marauders number one by Jerry Dugan. He's, his name seems to be everywhere yeah. this month as well. Uh, so this is a team made up of uh, a badder looking Kitty Pride wielding uh, wielding a cutlass, Iceman, uh, Lockheed Bishop, Emma Frost, Pyro, and Storm. Uh, says even in this glorious new dawn, mutant kind faces hardships and oppression from their human counterparts, led by Captain Kitty Pride and funded by Emma Frost and the Hellfire Trading Company. Marauders, Storm, Pyro, Bishop, and Iceman seal the seas of the world to protect these those uh, hated and feared. So. Is Marauders a term that's been used in X Men? Yeah, before? Marauders were, were Mister Sinister's group, which included uh, Sabretooth, and they were the they were the they were Sinister's heavies who uh, com- committed the mutant massacre, went into the uh, the tunnels beneath New York, the the sewers, and massacred the Mordocks. Um, so Marauders, the Marauders has always had a bit of an evil connotation. Mm-hmm. And X Men, so clearly, see that clearly some of the X Men are, are reclaiming that that moniker. Uh, good to see Bishop. Always great to see the the time traveling mutant. 
Uh, intro, wondering why, why Kitty's looking like she's been punched in the face. <laughs> Maybe she's been punched in the face. Uh, and it's it's seaborne, so I, I don't know what's going on there. I'll, I'll certainly pick up the first issue and see what the crag is. Finishing off uh, Powers of X and House of X in the same month there, so the the inevitable future and the, the inevitable truth of the past. So haven't read issue one of either of these books yet. Uh, I, th- I think we'll definitely be discussing House of X number one the next release podcast. Brilliant. Definitely. Uh, as you know, I'm a little behind on my reading. I think I've alluded to it in the last couple of weeks. but <laughs> getting another, there, another bingo? Really, uh, <laughs> really getting there. Uh, there's some great... You're a busy man. Well, it's we're okay. all, we're all, okay. we're all yeah. busy people. Life uh, gets in the way. So our True Believers, which are the equivalent of your Dollar Facsimile reprints, editions, yeah. uh, are all very much X-Men focused this month. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we have... Uh, True Believers X-Men Kenny Pride and Emma Frost They're, those two are always head to head Bishop uh, so a lot of these are origin stories I think Captain Britain too uh, Captain Britain but it's Betsy Braddock you know oh, this. so yeah. these are these are obviously pointing in the direction of, of characters that are in these books mm-hmm. uh, Pyro Jubilee Richter Apocalypse Quanon who is Betsy Braddock's I'm not even going to it <laughs> Myra McTaggart and Karima Shapander and the Omega Sentinel. Cool. Uh, the Abrams family's Spider-Man continues into issue two. Uh, we get some facsimile, facsimile editions of Amazing Fantasy 15 and Incredible Hulk number one. Yeah, I mean, it should state the difference between True Believers and facsimile is that True Believers will have modern adverts in them. It'll be um, advertising upcoming uh, titles, that kind right. of thing. So True Believers are $1, or in our case, £1 comics. Facsimiles are perfect reprints, so all the old adverts, all the old, ah. like if there's letter, <laughs> letters pages, that kind of thing. And Keith just alluded to it there. I have a feeling that's going to be a big one that month is Amazing Fantasy 15. Amazing Fantasy 15, of course, for Spider-Man, probably yep. the most the most prestigious Marvel comic, I would say, yep, the most yep. pricey Marvel comic. So that's a great way to get a perfect re- uh, reproduction of it, but again in the facsimile style. So I think yep. that's going to be a big one Love that it. month. Stan Lee and Ditko covered by Kirby and then the uh, Incredible Hulk Stan Lee Kirby covered by Kirby uh, Absolute Carnage is ongoing uh, there's one one shot that's kind of interesting me and that's Absolute Carnage the Immortal Hulk number one it is a one shot uh, it is by Al Ewing who is the writer and con- conceiver of the Immortal Hulk so whenever whenever you've got a, a, a part of a, a mini series or an event that is written by the individual who you know conceived the, the character I guess or that version of the character I'm always sort of interested so uh, as we know all, uh, Absolute Carnage has Carnage seeking out all the individuals who have ever possessed the symbiote to get this codex out of them in order that it can resurrect uh, the symbiote god Null um, so it says here before his untimely death that is Thunderbolt Ross was the Red Hulk and for a time bonded to the Venom symbiote alongside Aliandra Jones she's a former Ghost Rider and Laura Kinney that's X-23 Wolverine's clone now Ross's corpse has been unearthed though why and by whom remain shrouded in mystery with the gamma material in Ross's body possibly in nefarious hands that's just what Bruce Banner intends to find out one way or another um, the Immortal Hulk has been like, like a real body horror a real, it's a real horror a real return to, to the horror to Hulk so Combine that with absolute carnage, I'd say this could be stunning cover <coughs> yeah. by Kyle Holtz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to throw out a wee, um, a wee thing just in case anybody doesn't know about it. Obviously, we like to 
make sure as comic fans you don't miss out on anything it can't always be in our store but mm-hmm. Al Ewing who of course um, Keith was just chatting about there he is doing a signing in Forbidden Planet in Belfast uh, oh, that's wow. going to be on Thursday August the 8th so we're recording this on August the 1st so we will have this oh, out cool. before the signing um, he's going to be doing a signing there from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock so as I say I mean we, we like to make sure that if there's stuff like that around we'll certainly make you aware of it you know it's it doesn't have to just be in our store, but don't miss out on that, because yeah. fantastically talented guy, and I believe, did you get chatting to him? Get chatting to him at a Comic-Con in Derry earlier on this year, or was yeah. it last year, earlier on this year? I think it was earlier this year, I think it was um, Yeah, he was very, he seemed a bit like a very self-deprecating sort of an individual, you know. Um, yeah, really, you know, and it was it was right at the start of Immortal Hulk as well, you know, it was very, yeah. fairly early on, so, so yeah. Just very quickly become one of Marvel's best big titles, big so big don't, don't miss out on that, guys. Um, Nick Spencer still an amazing Spider-Man amazing Carnage tie-ins amazing Spider-Man has been fantastic and what Nick Spencer has been doing in the book has, has been really brilliant so we'll maybe talk about that in our reviews podcast mm-hmm. the launch of The Amazing Mary Jane by Leah Williams and Carlos Gomez uh, you just hit the jackpot it's an all new ongoing series it's not Surprised really? it didn't say you just hit the jackpot tiger. Uh, well, I think they're, uh, <laughs> you know, it says the webhead's favourite redhead and yours is taking a chance on her dreams. Uh, if you've read Amazing Spider-Man 25, you'll, you'll know what's going Jeez, on there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mary Jane is sort of, I guess, returning to her roots as an actress and a model and uh, I don't know what's going on here. I, I find it interesting that they announced these series as ongoing because you have no idea if there's a market for that sort of series. Yeah. You know, you would almost think let's do a five issue mini. If the audience is there for it, we'll do more. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so, there's some yeah. people wanting this already, but I think it's mainly because Art Germ has done a ridiculously gorgeous cover for issue one, mm. um, where where she looks like a spy holding like a Luger gun. It's a really oh, it is a really nice cover. In fairness, it's uh, Amazing Spider Man twenty five had. Uh, featured Mysterio and featured the introduction or the naming of another character and uh, so I guess Mysterio is going to be involved here uh, and it's it's pushing Mary Jane back to where she was I guess in the 90s as, as I say a supermodel and an actress in the, the soap opera Secret Hospital so uh, you know um, oh yeah yeah. it is a pretty pretty yes, spectacular cover in France yeah. says uh, intrigue plus more action glamour grit than we'd say it more sass than anyone's previously dared fit into five fabulous issues it's not an ongoing it's five issues uh, face it you don't want to miss this I don't know I might <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mary Jane is not for you then is what you're saying not, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of whenever they try and make supporting characters what was your exact uh, words to me earlier supporting characters should remain just that yeah, and, and a lot in most cases, in most cases, and I just don't, I don't see the need for it. Like, so what you're saying is that Dick Grayson was a supporting character <laughs> to Batman and should never have went into his own series. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> okay, so with the exception to the rule. Sticking with Amazing Spider-Man, uh, we've got Amazing Spider-Man Full Circle, which is a one shot. A lot of one shots this month through Marvel and DC. Yeah, uh, and we have what looks like it's a it's a ninety six page. Ten dollar book, but we've got a, a huge creative team on it. Uh, we've got uh, Jonathan Hickman and uh, Chris Bachelow, t- Tim Townsend. We've got Jerry Dugan and Greg Smallwood, Nick Spencer, Mike Allred, Laura Allred, Kelly Thompson, Valerio Chidi, uh, Matteo Lacano, Al Ewing, Chris Sprouse, Carl Story, Chip Zdarsky, and Rachel Stott, Jason Aaron, Cameron Stewart, Jonathan Hickman, Jason Aaron, 
a whole lot of folk there. Chris, uh, Mark, Mark Bagley, Bagley yeah. Uh-huh. So it looks like it, well, it says a summons from Shield leads Peter Parker into a globe-spanning adventure that will uh, test him as never before. One in which the future of all mankind lies in his gloved-webbed hands. Who is the mysterious prisoner in the steel box who keeps propelling the wall crawler onward? Nick Spencer and an all-star team of Marvel's biggest writers and artists take up the challenge to create the wildest, maddest, most unconventional, amazing Spider-Man story of all. Guest starring Nick Fury, Wolverine, and Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. So, this is kind of this is interesting. I don't know what's going on here, even from the, even from the cover. The cover. It looks like it could be. I don't know something like um, a wee bit of something like into the Spider Verse. Yeah, you know. So uh, it mentions Spider Ham. We've got Nick Fury here, but it's not. It's not Nick. It's not the current Nick Fury. It's the previous Nick Fury. The, mm-hmm. you the know, Hasselhoff. So this era. does this take place before um, the Ultimate Universe? No, before uh, what do you call it? What do you call the, the the series where Nick Fury took stole the Watcher's eyes? Uh, oh, uh, original, original sin. sin. Yeah, does it take place before that? We can see Mary Jane and their uh, in a werewolf guys. Uh, we can see there's a an alternate version of uh, Spider Man who he himself is a werewolf and uh, Spider Ham in the background. Uh, so I just I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, it seems that it says there's an article here uh, on uh, on CBR. It says full circle may be far from home meets into the Spider Verse. Hmm. Um, one of the most wide-ranging Spider-Man stories in recent memory. Uh, me the synopsis, the synopsis and debut cover suggests the miniseries may take some of its cues from the two recent films. It says it's a miniseries. It says here it's a one-shot. Um, so yeah, what have we got? Uh, promises a team-up between Spider-Man and Nick Fury that leads the hero into traveling the world. Also indicates Spider-Man will don a black stealth variant of his costume as he did in Far From Home. Uh, of note, Nick Fury depicted on the cover isn't the modern canon Nick Fury Jr., but rather the original version of the Super Spy. So I can't speak. The Super Spy. <laughs> this could place the story earlier in the history of the Marvel Universe as a version of Fury has been operating as a replacement for the Watcher as the Unseen, following the events of Original Sin. Uh, could even turn out not be Nick Fury, uh, as per recent Far From Home, but rather a stand-in such as a light model decoy. Uh, seems to be some reality hopping. Spider-Man... Uh, including a werewolf, uh, furious show and fighting werewolves. This could be, uh, yeah, Peter Porker, Spider Ham. You know, so uh, I, I mean, I guess with this creative team, you're not going to not pick it up and see. You know, so <laughs> yeah. So yes, yeah, so I just noticed the black costume po- like poking at the top there. Yeah, they're they're doing ah. as well. So. so yeah, interesting. Don't know what this is. Don't know where it's coming from. Uh, but I'll definitely be picking it up. Uh, some of the art looks pretty cool too. Yeah, um, and wide ranging. Wide ranging, yeah. There's uh, Werewolf Mary Jane. <laughs> you just hit the jackpot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, cool. Spider Man cool. Full Circle one shot. Uh, friendly Neighborhood, Superior Spider Man, Miles Morales Spider Man ongoing. The last couple of issues of Miles Morales Spider Man by Salad Naman have been really, okay. really strong, yeah. Really strong. Um, we're launching Spider-Verse number one of six by Jed McKay. Uh, seems to be Miles Morales led. I don't know if it links into Into the Spider-Verse, which was the fantastic animated Spider-Man movie. Miles Morales feels like he finally like he, he gets the Spider-Man stuff and then he falls through a portal. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. It looks like there's lots of different versions of Spider-Man. Um, 
Yep. Cool. We've got uh, the relaunch of Marvel Zombies Respawn. Hmm. Uh, so I wonder why like, that is. Well, uh, I don't know why. <laughs> what could I would imagine be? two reasons. Deceased to being one of them. And the end of Walking Dead being the end of Walking Dead being the other. There is a yeah. gap in the market. There certainly <laughs> is. So the original Marvel Zombies was by Robert Kirkman. Out of interest, Marvel Zombies, did it come was out it? before yeah. Walking Dead? Yes, I think so, yeah. So Walking Dead's obviously 15 years. I think it did. I think it did. But yeah, did. Kirkman, he shepherded and yeah. wrote Marvel Zombies. It is. Because we were curious when this, this was announced two days after the end of The Walking Dead. They even captioned it with the subtitle, The Dead Will Walk Again. So ah, we wa- we wondered at that time they hadn't announced going back to Marvel Zombies. Yeah, they hadn't announced the, the creative team. It's Philip Kennedy Johnson. Uh huh. The very boy. Yeah. The very boy. Uh, the original Marvel Zombies started in two thousand five. Finished in early two thousand six. The same Philip Kennedy Johnson of the Last God. The Last God. Playing for both teams. He's doing a Tom Taylor on. So, um, this is a one-shot. Uh, it's got a five, $5 price point. Five point uh, the horror smash hit lives again. When Galactus' corpse appears on the edge of Earth's solar system, the Avengers, X-Men and Fantastic Four investigate. Too late, they discover that Galactus' body is now a vessel of an interstellar terror, which one by one transforms Earth's mightiest heroes into the universe's most terrifying predators. As our heroes try to escape the super-powered cannibalistic aberrations that were once their friends and family, Will any survive? And even if they do, can they hope to protect Earth from the infestation that has already claimed half of the known universe? Don't miss this first issue of this terrifying new vision of the classic Marvel tale. So, um, at some point in the original Marvel Zombies spun out of Ultimate Fantastic Four, which was set in, and was set in an ultimate an alternative universe to that, and it saw it saw heroes sort of transformed into flesh eating zombies thanks to a virus from another dimension Galactus arrived on Earth and to devour the planet he was defeated by the undead and gave the zombie heroes his power cosmic and turned them into different Galacti so Galactus sort of had a had a had a hand in the original Marvel zombies as well mm-hmm. so I don't know if this then is that same corpse I don't know mm-hmm. if this is a, a an alternate universe obviously they're not going to zombify all our heroes um but yeah, so there you are. Uh, Marvel Zombies, always great fun. Like Deceased, it was always one of those throwaway, this is really enjoyable. Reads, novels, yeah, so, And again, you're seeing your heroes being absolutely tortured and killed and you know what I mean? It's like, you know, so it's, yeah, interesting. It's exciting for you as Deadpool's on the cover. Yes. Well, interestingly, jumping into it, um, Walking Dead number one was October 8th, 2003. Marvel Zombies number one was December two thousand and five. Right. So yeah. it just shows how how long Walking Dead was going for. <laughs> it actually preceded it by two years. There you are. There you are. Um, another Marvel book uh, that's jumping out at me is uh, Ghost Rider number one by Ed Breeson, who uh, was uh, we spoke a lot about Exterminated. Uh, which was the, the book that he wrote and now X-Force so and uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Cooter of Guardians of the Galaxy fame on, on art so at SDCC they, Marvel were saying that one of the characters they're going to give a lot of love to uh, over the next year is Ghost Rider and that clearly now Ghost Rider is appearing in Avengers at the minute the Robbie Rez version of Ghost mm-hmm. Rider 
but there are two other uh, there are three other versions of Ghost Rider um, the two most famous would be John Blaze and Danny Ketch who was the Ghost Rider in the late 80s and 90s so this is obviously where that this love giving starts um, so this is an ongoing book featuring both Johnny Blaze and his brother Danny, Danny Ketch Don Johnny and Danny turned out to be uh, long lost brothers uh, both of whom have operated the spirit of the spirits of vengeance at one time or another um, and usually don't really see eye to eye so uh, John Blaze is currently the king of hell uh, and he's the warden too he's the first line of defence between the demonic hordes trying to escape the joint and the lords of other hells making a play for his throne and all the power that comes with it including a certain evil queen from his past meanwhile Danny Ketch has never wanted to be a ghost rider now that his brother's in charge downstairs Danny must take on the duty of Earth's spirit of vengeance full time no matter how much he'd rather be doing anything else uh, creative team Ed Breeson and Aaron Cooter uh, to redefine the Marvel Universe's supernatural underbelly for a brutal new era so uh, uh, plus the first installment of the Caretaker Chronicles forget everything you thought you knew so yeah really looking forward to this um, do you think this is the start of an event or was this what the Sinners Beware teaser was about oh, last month oh yes I think this Sinners Beware because the, the byline is, is Beware the Ghost Rider so I would say it is this um so it says, uh, you know, say unlike Johnny, who's recently become new king of hell, Danny's never really been able to enjoy the beneficial side effects of a supernatural curse, but this series will explore how it's part of their shared family legacy that they can't escape. While the series will be something of a slow burn, it's meant to culminate with events that will resonate far beyond its own pages. So, yes, leather and chain and flames and bags. <laughs> Ghost Rider goodness. And uh, we're seeing some more Ghost Rider love here in Marvel Tales. Ghost Rider number one, which is a retelling of some classic Ghost Rider stories. Uh, Fantastic Four Grand Designs. Have you guys read any of the Grand Design stuff? I have not. No. Nope. No, I keep meaning to the, the Grand Designs X-Men. and. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Ed Piscor was the Grand Design X-Men one. Yeah. Three different volumes of it, I believe. Give us a rundown. What is Grand Design? Because you demanded it, the best-selling Grand Design franchise continues with Marvel's First Family. Uh, brought to you by critically and cartoonist Tom Scioli uh, Transformers vs. G.I. Joe fame he of Gobots fame too mm. it's the sole authorship tradition made famous by Ed Pisker's Grand Design Trilogy uh, join the watcher and witness how it all began so it's it's sort of going back and, and looking at how how these things started you know and, and, and the, the legacy throughout so um, that's supposed to be really supposed to be really good stuff um, yeah. so I do keep meaning to try and find some way to grab the grand designs that isn't in a massive big hardback book um, but sure we'll see how we go Roddy you were interested in uh, in yeah, Doctor Doom number Doctor, one Doctor Doom I think is one of my favourite characters in Marvel understandably so I love the Mike Diodato Jr. cover that looks unreal yep. uh, it's a variant cover um, obviously I'm not the biggest most knowledgeable Marvel fan in the world so because that's key yeah well how could you compare um, but I'm interested like Doom Doom sort of blurred lines now between villain and I wouldn't say hero but well, he, he he did try to become a hero he's yeah. a hero in his story yeah. Uh, he is the hero of his own story but he tried to become an actual hero uh, last couple of years as the superior Iron Man mm-hmm. when uh, Tony Stark was gone and Doom took over as, as the new Iron Man and anyone's an upgrade on Tony Stark 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I just think this looks interesting. You see another number one for Marvel, so with Doom and Ghost Rider seems like a good one-two punch. Um, not really sure what the story is. As uh, Victor Von Doom, scientist, sorcerer, disfigured face, and twisted soul, has been spending much of his time warning against a trillion-dollar global effort to create the first artificial black hole. Wrestling with visions of an entirely different life, a better future, Doctor Doom finds himself at a crossroads. What is he questioning? A catastrophic act of terrorism kills thousands and the prime suspect is Doom. Victor will have to push his unexplained thoughts aside and focus on remaining alive as the title of the world's most wanted man is thrust upon him. Left with no homeland, no armies, no allies, indeed nothing at all, will the reign of Doctor Doom come to an abrupt halt? Salvador LaRuca on art and Christopher Cantwell writing. I love LaRuca's art, so... I'll grab the first issue of this and see what the crack is. Yeah, it's the crack of doom. It is the crack of doom. <laughs> it is, as, as the byline. Cool. Um, flicking, flicking. Uh, issues one to five of five of Marvel's Contagion. Uh, I don't know, possibly a response to Deceased. Um, by Ed Breeson again, so that can be a bad thing. A new evil beyond understanding comes to the Marvel Universe. So I guess they're releasing all of these issues in the one month. <coughs> Pardon me. They are indeed. It's going to be a weekly uh, series. So all five out in October. Uh, and it seems to be crossing the Marvel milieu. We've got uh, the thing on one of the covers. We've got Iron Fist. We've got Jessica mm. Jones and Moon Knight. And uh, it looks like Zombified or, or Contagified Avengers. Uh, says a seemingly unstoppable force has invaded the Marvel Universe. And it's going to take every hero in the streets of New York to stop it uh, a strange substance is taking over heroes and citizens alike draining them of their life force stealing their knowledge and abilities and neither science nor magic can stop it where did it come from can anything destroy it and who will fall to its awful overwhelming power Three ninety nine each 32 pages each when I first saw that I'm not sure I was that interested in it but just when you said comes to the streets of New York it makes me think of the Defenders and the street level street stuff level and I'm stuff, actually yeah. more interested in it now yeah I mean it's definitely it is those street level heroes there's uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist Jessica Jones and a wee girl in a jogging suit <laughs> and, uh, Moon Knight and uh, yeah so plus um, Moon Knight always has my attention mm-hmm. underused character the heroes for hire looking looking down here are fantastic for me too so yep cool um invisible woman by mark wade read the first issue last night uh invisible woman does espionage it's kind of a no-brainer she's invisible um <laughs> plus yeah. Ke- plus keith and i came up with the next invisible woman comic which is the adventures of invisible woman and ghost from mm-hmm. ant-man the wasp because uh-huh. yep. they're both invisible <laughs> they are they? double trouble yeah <laughs> cool um dan slot still doing really fantastically on fantastic four oh that was a that was an accidental turn of phrase there <laughs> Immortal Hulk helps its 25 uh, 25th issue with a groundbreaking double sized issue twice as much Immortal Hulk cannot be a bad thing as I say we've got three Ghost Riders appearing in uh, Avengers 25 which is uh, not a double sized issue Jason Aaron's still in Avengers it looks like we've got Robbie Reyes it looks like we've got Cosmic Ghost Rider and John Blaze uh, there so interesting stuff um Savage Avengers has been great. It's been really good. Uh, I'll go to the end of the first arc uh, and see how it goes. Uh, and there's a, an annual coming up. Invaders, I'm glad to see that it's still going. Yeah. yeah really good series. Yeah, very, very good series. Captain America, the Winter Soldier versus Namor uh, as he continues his plot. 
the Legend of Steve continues, uh, hitting issue 15. Uh, Tanahishi Coates is a really undersold book. I think it doesn't. It's not really getting along. Um, there's a decent amount of pulls on it, I would say, but given the covers alone, I'm surprised it's not more because Alex Ross yeah, just Alex Ross covers produces magic every single time. And I'm led to believe that uh, now hunted by his own government and a fugitive, Steve will be taking on a another not necessarily unfamiliar identity. Nomad. Don't know. Don't know. Um. Okay. Uh, was there anything else? It was King Thor, number two of four. Jason Aaron's finish to his Thor saga. Uh, Silver Surfer Black. Just a little shout out for that title. It has been excellent so far. That's the final one coming out. Yeah, and I'll look forward to chatting about number two on uh, oh, yeah. the reviews podcast. It is a great title. Donny Cates. Did you chat number one last time? I think so. Yeah, just quickly. But um, number two for me was. I a, did listen as much as I got to slagging earlier. I did. <laughs> I we would never remember. give you abuse. Come on. <laughs> Only Vicky gives you abuse when you come here. It's fine. <laughs> You're just pointing at Ethan Sachs' name, ah. old man. Cool. I read something by Ethan Sachs earlier on, and I can't remember for the life of me what it was. It was uh, Weapon Plus over in Captain Weapon. America. Yeah. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's ended its first arc at number six. Uh, and seven is the death of a rocket. Initially wasn't convinced, but by issue three I was convinced and it, it turned out to be a great first arc. So sticking with that, uh, Daredevil continues under uh, Chip Zdarsky's guiding hand. Um, Strike Force by Teeny Howard. So as I say, we've, we've mentioned Teeny Howard earlier on. Uh, and this is Blade, Spider-Woman, Angela and I guess Captain, the old Captain Marvel Spectrum so interested to see what, what happens there um, yeah History of the Marvel Universe under Mark Wade continues haven't read the first issue yet but I'll be sitting on number 4 in October Punisher with Rosenberg continues Death's Head Teeny Howard <laughs> <laughs> Greg Pack yeah. Valance, everywhere yeah. as well yep yep Cool, well, uh, and I, I don't know if you've stuck on the Conan stuff, Ronnie, have yes, you? Yes, I'm still there. I yeah. haven't got Savage Sword, but I'm still on the main series. Uh, Savage Sword's great. The main series is fantastic. Yeah, uh, was it Conan the Gambler this month? What was that one? Was uh, that eight? No? Six, seven? Can't remember. Anyway. Like that, yeah. I, I stuck it down on my, my, my list for review, so uh, it's a big one. So I guess Star Wars were pushing towards the rise of Skywalker movie. Isn't that right? It is indeed. That's sure to be a disappointment. Um, <laughs> it can only be up after The Last Jedi. Well, cool. Okay. So, and Solo was fun. I enjoyed Solo. I'm not a big Star Wars to, guy. Nah, me neither. I have to get around to watching it. Not a big Star Wars guy, but Solo I enjoyed. Good world building in it. So the journey to, to Star Wars The Rise of uh, Skywalker is written by Ethan Sachs, who was just mentioned there, um, of uh, Old Man Quill and Old Man... Logan. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, there we are. Uh, Old man Logan Smart Miller. Yeah, it says, Before the exciting events of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, don't be overstating yourself. Uh, hounded by the First Order across the galaxy, the Resistance is in dire need of ships, weapons, and recruits to make a final stand against Kylo Ren's forces. Desperation drives a delegation led by General Lee Organa and Rey to uh, entreat the rebel veterans' one time allies, the Mon Calamari to join the fight but decades after Imperial occupation enslaved their planet there are those willing to stop at nothing to prevent another war from bloodying the wars of Moncala 
system away, Poe Dameron and Finn have their own mission to hunt down a weapons cache on the remote moon of Avado, unaware that they're being hunted by the most notorious criminal gang in the galaxy. Looks like it's going to be a weekly series there as well, all four issues solicited. Yeah. Looks like a big connecting cover as well. Hmm. It's nice. Uh, yeah, cool. So, well, the art looks, looks all right. Not bad. Um, I mean, again, I don't understand. <laughs> don't understand why none of us are on these because there's Greg Pak, <laughs> you know, on Star Wars seventy three. Kyle Kieran Gillen was on it. Yeah, uh, you know, Jason Aaron was on it. Yeah. Tom Taylor wrote four yeah. of the Age of Resistance <laughs> one shots. So uh, I'm not. I'm just not a Star Wars guy. No, yeah. general. Me neither. I've I've become not a Star Wars guy with the last yeah. couple of movies. I've been so disappointed. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg uh, on Star Wars Jedi Fallen M Fallen Order. Cy Spurrier on Dr. Aphra so, yeah. so I mean there's plenty of big names um, what have we got in the graphics section um, Star Wars Edge of the Republic uh, Ultimates hardcover reissued uh, all of the Marvel's zombies trades have been reissued um, Marvel Zombies trade paperback by Robert Kirkman second trade paperback by Robert Kirkman and the third by Fred Van Lent um, so those were I mean those were definitely worth I didn't realise it was Sean Phillips did in Marvel Zombies he of Criminal yes yep makes me a little bit more interested in it mm-hmm. so if I recall there was a big jump in time between the original Marvel Zombies and Marvel Zombies 2 there was like 50 years or something uh, anything else Miles Morales X-Men vs. Apocalypse the 12 Maybe with Spider-Man hitting trade that's been pretty great so far. That's uh, one issue just to go. The Peter David Greg Land series. Mm, that's been fantastic. The art's been fantastic. The story's been fantastic. That's a February twenty twenty advance solicit. Jesus, February twenty twenty. Fucking hell. Uh, we already thought it was bad looking at solicitations for October. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't see twenty twenty in these previews books unless it's to do with whatever they're doing with Iron Man for twenty twenty. Iron Man twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> didn't see anything. No, no, for once. no, definitely not. Um, so first five volumes of Immortal Hulk, uh, right up to Breaker of Worlds. Uh, there's Iron Man himself. <laughs> Thor. So I guess that be collecting up to the current uh, point where they at the end of War of the Realms. Uh, Tales of the War of the Realms, yeah, absolutely. So that's a lovely, yeah, lovely cover there uh, of Thor reaching out to grab Mjolnir. Uh, Punisher. Punisher continues to be great. Um, that's going to be Volume Three. Highly recommend that for people wanting to get into Punisher. It's a good starting point. It's not quite as dense as the Ennis run, but mm. it's very, very accessible and a lot of fun. That uh, War of the Realms Uncanny X Men was another example of a of a tie in that was written by the person who's writing the original book, you know, the X Men book. That was that was very good. Most enjoyable. Uh, Fantastic Four Prodigal Son trade paperback. It looks like it's gonna be trading all three issues. Yeah, there. first issue that was great. It was very, very good. Very good indeed. Um, and there's Dan Slot's final run on Spider Man getting traded there as well. Red you know, Goblin. Red Goblin, yeah. Um some classic Harman and Iron Fist, some classic X Factor, some classic X Men. There's Deadpool. There's a reissue of a great Marvel Old story. Vision, the complete collection by Tom King. It was a fantastic story, uh, unlike anything else, really. I think. Um, 
And that brings us to I actually thought you were right to say it is a great story, unlike anything else he's written. I was actually expecting that. You actually stopped like, yourself, that was good. I, was, I would not have said such a thing about Mr. King. Especially um, not if you reread the uh, the Batman Rebirth trades, which I've been doing recently. Early stuff is so good. Is that us for our October solicits then, I boys? I believe so. That is DC, yeah. that is indie, that is Marvel. Uh, so yeah, as, as what we're saying, tons of good stuff this month. Um, some months are better than others. We, we do find when we're doing this, but this seems like a pretty stellar month. Lots of great stuff, great creators. Exciting times ahead in a lot of titles, um, but also a lot of exciting one shots. You know, yeah, it's, no, there's it's a lot of one shots, a lot of one shots, a lot of stuff that looks great. That's very much a one and done. Yeah, a lot of enjoyment to be had there, but you're not having to sign up for six issues, twelve issues, that kind of thing. What's your big one of all the things we talked about tonight? Oh, jeez, of all of them, I would probably say, especially after reading that blurb, that Joker killer smile, mm-hmm. Lemire Sorrentino, is my standout. I think I'm going to go with Alan on this one. Yeah, I think I'll go for that as interesting, well. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yourself? I would say for me, I'm, I'm really looking forward to X-Men number one. Really looking forward to seeing that where that, that goes. And that hype level's already high for you and you haven't actually read House of X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, only gonna go up. Yeah. It's only yeah. gonna go up. Uh-huh. Um and then yeah, just a special shout out again for that man and Superman trade when that hits that uh, Marv Wolfen story. Can't emphasize enough how good that is. And of course Cobra Kai. Yeah. Strike hard, strike fast, no mercy. So basically Roddy and I have homework to do, we have to watch Cobra <laughs> Kai. The two seasons, we've got two months to uh, count how, how long are they? Oh, 25 minutes an episode. Was it oh, 10 episodes? Okay. Yeah, 10, 10, 10 episodes or something. I yeah, can yeah. get behind that. Yeah, yeah, cool. No cool. problem. We, we can handle that Roddy, we're professionals. Yeah, we'll you can do it. 250 minutes. We'll start tonight. Yeah. We'll start tonight. Yeah. 250 yeah. minutes, that's fine. You know. Four, four and a half hours, job done. Uh, yeah, so I believe that is us. So yeah, as ever, I mean, the previews books, we, we can only go through the things that we think look great and try and give a good variety of the, the stuff coming out. Yeah, because um, I think um, our intention is through our different fandoms to simplify e- engage almost. with people as yeah. well and pick out something that looks cool um, yeah. just for whatever. And yep. then if other people, if people certainly have things that they want to hype yeah. or send to us maybe they could yeah. maybe get get talking to us on the old social media and Facebook and all that and mm-hmm. yeah and I mean the previews books themselves as we always say they're always sitting at the end of the counter in the store so if you ever just want to even just pop in grab a quick coffee sit for 20 minutes flick through it yourselves yeah. maybe we've missed something but again we can only sort of point out the things that excite us and as, as Roddy said we we like to think we have a good ratio here of DC, Marvel, indie, given our res- Although I broke it, I broke it today. <laughs> <You> broke it. <laughs> but just, a, just a turn code, you know? Yeah. Plus we're also all very easily excited, so. Yeah. Also true, also true. Um, yeah, so again, these are uh, just to reiterate August uh, solicitations for October release. As ever anything appeals to, pop into the store, we can get it out of your pull list. Don't have a pull list, you can always come in and set one up with us. We don't do any minimum or maximum amount of titles. Um, so if you just want one a month, two a month, that's no problem. Um, or you can send us a message through Messenger and we can get that set up for you. Um, so yeah, as ever, the store's there under some exciting renovations at the moment. And Smithfield Market, so please check us out if you haven't already. Um, you can find us on Twitter at CoffeeHeroes1 or find us on Facebook. Uh, where can the good people find out more about yourself, Rory? Uh So I've got Fracture Press on Twitter, Fracture Press on Facebook, or you can go Roddy McCants on Twitter. Um, yeah, 
I'm getting a bit more active with Twitter these days. I'm trying to trying to just ignore the negativity that gets that gets me down and just use it to as a like because I was trying to use it just to promote myself and then I'd see stuff that would annoy me and then I'm just like right not looking at that <laughs> but I'm, like I'm only gonna like I deleted deleted everything off my phone so I only have like Facebook and Twitter on the laptop yeah so um, it's just like log in for like half an hour and be like okay what do I need to do but um, yeah if anybody wants to chat comics like I'm always happy to do that but see I must admit I find Twitter a very positive experience these days because I'm very select with who I follow and it's all mm-hmm. comic creators I don't really follow many mm-hmm. others on Twitter but you know after I had my good bitching session about The Walking Dead and how it was reported and all the rest there's certain ones I unfollowed Yeah. and I find comic creators I find the comic industry is very unique in that the creators will engage with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's true of TV actors, film stars, sports players, anything. But see the comic industry? Like, it, it's a weird thing to say, but for a long time it just excited me getting a retweet or a like from a, a creator. Now mm-hmm. they actively engage with you. And it's and it's great to see. I think it, it can be a wonderful forum if used well. And I find Twitter very, very positive. Um, certainly more so personally than Instagram or Facebook so that's where I spend most of my time and get a lot of my comics news and uh, yeah. keep telling yeah. Tom Keen how great he is so. <laughs> <laughs> we love you Tom uh, so anyway we, uh, we'll leave it there uh, thanks as always to the guys yeah, um, thank, thank you, you for having us and uh, we will be back for some reviews soon I'm sure and we'll finally get round we promise to that Magic Order book club yes uh, the issues are sitting to Keith's left he may be taking them with him tonight to throw <laughs> on his already large pot it's not, that, it's not that I don't own them it's just that I don't have them at hand you haven't read Magic Order have you? no I need it I need it too so oh, yeah Urban fantasy, your nightmare. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. <laughs> Bring it on. And then after that, Keith's finally going to read Court of Owls. That's it. That's a plan. That's <laughs> we promise that's coming before the next issue of Doomsday Club. All right. <laughs> anyway, cheers again, guys. And uh, hopefully see you all in store. Bye-bye. Cool. Cheers. See you later. Some good froth on that. And there we have the comic gold we need for the end. <laughs> God damn it. Every time. It's always you, Ali. Always you.